All right, well, I do think the sound is okay. Yeah, let's see. Pop, pop. Wap, wap. Wap, wap. Topical. <laughs> That's nice. kind of, yeah. Uh, weirdly. Um, I see you got a thick stack over there. Is yeah. that stuff from last week as well? It is indeed. And okay. I'm not sure if I want to hit all of it, but I just wanted all of it accessible. Gotcha. Okay, cool. cool. So, I don't know. I know we haven't had a chance to talk about how you want to do that exactly. Did you want to hit everything or did you, are oh, you, did I you wasn't, intend to just hit the things you cared about? I was literally just going to hit stuff from, I was, gonna, I was just going to hit stuff from this week. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But if there's anything like super notable, like I'm sure, I'm sure there was, I was trying to think mm-hmm. of, um, there was any number ones or something that we've missed in that time period because that'd be the one thing I'd want to talk about because anything else we'd probably like get to at some point. Very, very true. Um, no, probably the only thing I'll talk about from last week would have, would be ninety Batman ninety six. Okay, I feel like we need to talk about that. Though. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because <laughs> yes. since we're mid war, yeah. um, we're in the middle of a war. Jeez, yeah. <laughs> Don't let the liberal media tell you otherwise. Speaking of the liberal media, I'm Chris. <laughs> and I'm Alex. And you're tuned in to the House of Comics podcast. You're home for a comic book based you know, almost everything, really, across nice. all mediums and spectrums. You know the deal. You know the thrills. Nice. And, uh, well, I, I guess to start off with the uh, with the, an apology. Sorry for the uh, hiatus, everyone. You know, you, you, try, to, you try to do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, sometimes the keyword is try. Yeah. You all know? the time. It's the keyword, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But uh, in case you guys are unaware, we tried to do like a big, you know, shebang bang for our 20th episode. And, you know, some things didn't, you know, fall through, you know, uh, life you know, happens, you know, mm-hmm. people, factors, variables, things of that nature. Yeah. And, you know, we ended up waiting a little bit longer than, than we would have liked to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we this is us kind of saying, fuck it. You know, it'd be better for us to just get right back into it and then figure out the, the cool stuff later. Because exactly. it's not like we're devoid of cool stuff on the on the show. Oh, no. Um, that stuff usually comes, you know, when it comes anyways. So I figured, you know, we just let it let it happen naturally because that seems to be when we're uh, when we're at our best. Fairly true. So, yeah. Expect something cool soon, but not that soon. Yes, exactly. But there's one thing I did want to ask you or talk to you about. All we'll right. get to it a little bit later. We'll circle back to it. I'm ready for it later. Uh, but if you're uh, jo- joining us for our first time or if you know you just maybe forgot because uh, it's been a minute, we kind of break uh, the whole show down into three major segments. First segment being a news segment, which we call Filler or Crisis, where we give you guys news topics and we label them as filler, things we can kind of breeze through. Or crisis, things we got to stop, talk about, and give our full thoughts on. Then we'll move into our topic of the day. Sometimes we plan this out. Sometimes it kind of happens. You know, just something we, we've kind of thought about during our uh, conversation, even leading up to <laughs> the topic mm-hmm. of the day. And then we'll kind of finish out with our talk about the books and then tell you guys what's uh, coming out this week as well. So let's get into the news. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Filler or crisis. The Marvel Avengers beta. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, I want to start off with with not the the obvious bad news that we will inevitably have to get to. mm -hmm. But here's some maybe not so obvious good news. Nice. The people like it, maybe? Some people. Some people seem to have had a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's been... 
I am hardly a comprehensive guide to the <laughs> opinions of the interwebs. <laughs> but it's at the very best, I'll say it's been polarizing. Yes. It seems that we have two f- camps that can't much come to a consensus. It about was always going to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very true. No yeah. matter any time there's something like this. But unlike past situations where we've had something like like Spider-Man's the easiest one to jump to, right? Right. You know, Spider-Man is pretty much commercially and critically loved. It did very well. People enjoyed the hell out of the game. Mm-hmm. And it was met with that pretty quickly. It did have that one weird puddle thing that happened when there was a puddle in the demo and then they took the puddle out and everyone was like you see they downgraded it oh yeah Yeah, i do remember that now yeah i don't forget ever dude that was such like a like a ps4 i know know, right like like you know xbox 360 thing you know when there was still like the battle and everyone was just like trying to nitpick at anything oh that's exactly what it was it's like oh it can't look this good you see here's the proof there's no puddle here (laughs) um but in the opposite side of that, you know, the Avengers beta has been met with, like, some people really can dig it. Yeah. Some people not huge fans of it. Some yeah. people are finding it kind of uh, boring, kind yeah. of kind of stock, you know. Yeah, from from what I've seen, it looks um, it looks exactly the way I thought it was going to look. Yes. It, yeah. play, it looks like it played exactly the way I thought it would look. Um, I'm not gonna spend sixty bucks no to to play the beta no it doesn't it doesn't look like it's worth it in in its current state it probably won't be worth it for a minute yeah um, I don't know if you saw the details about the data mining of all the characters and everything um I don't know how they thought they were gonna keep that a secret nah. <laughs> um but we got uh we got confirmation that there's gonna be a, a shit ton of more characters including some fan favorites like Captain Marvel uh Falcon. Think Winter Soldier was on there as well. Sure. Um, and of course, they announced that Spidey was going to be in the game, the PS4 exclusive. <laughs> the gut punch the, uh, of modern stupid video game capitalism. Oh, I'll actually one up you. There was an announcement that uh, Virgin and Verizon customers yeah, will. <laughs> I saw that. No, that is peak stupid capitalism. Yeah, we'll have access to <laughs> exclusive variant costumes for all characters. Absolutely. Disgusting. Surprise! All levels. They're, they're the colors of Verizon and Virgin. Who could have <laughs> imagined? But yeah, that's a uh, dumb and silly and stupid. Um, just bad. It's, it's just g- a bad look. It you know? is a bad look. Like that's what it comes down to. Like I understand that the people making this game aren't at fault for that. Like as far right. as like the on the boots on the ground developers, like right. the people who are coding things, doing animations, doing concept artwork, doing the writing. It's not their fault that their corporation got in bed with other corporations to try to screw us out of everything they could, but it reflects so poorly on the game. And that means it reflects poorly on all the people producing it. And yeah. they got to hate to see something they created a whole finished product being chopped up and sliced up and, and partitioned, partitioned out to people Based on their wireless choices, weird. Like just a of weird thing. Just a weird thing. And some people will say, "Oh, you know, what's the big deal? Like, why does it matter? It's just like another extra thing." And like, sure. But then the the, the thing is, how how many times are we gonna do this? Like, how oh, much? Yeah. How much? What do we draw the line at extra things? Like, why can't I just have all the stuff in the game? Like, yeah. what does my cell phone provider have to do? with anything in this Marvel Avengers game. So That's the point. It is the point. And the the other thing is that goes further than that, because you're right on it there. These things, these costumes, these characters, they have been made already. They exist already. They're either in the game or ready to go in the game. Right. 
this is not additional content. This is content that has been removed or set aside. Yeah. And then you're expected to pay $60, even though that $60 goes to the making of the whole product. Yeah, literally. We are losing money. Well, we are paying them for a lesser product. We are yeah. paying them for 90% of a carton of milk, you know? Nah, dude, you're paying for the Marvel Avengers service. Yeah. It's a platform. Yeah. The game is alive. Gross. It's forever growing yeah. <laughs> growing right. and expanding. And just like life, it's disgusting. <laughs> And its various processes <laughs> make me sick. Gosh, it's awful. Uh, let's uh, let's stay in the the video game camp. We talked about this oh, a little let's. earlier today. It's <laughs> off uh, off pod. Um, so to, to to clarify, Marvel Avengers game filler. Yes, monetization of very strange niche parts of video games forever a crisis. Oh yeah, forever a crisis. It's a it's a ongoing legal legal international legal struggle. Yep. <laughs> yep, for the souls and minds of children. Literal, Literal children. children. <laughs> like, come on, man. Are you serious? Anyways, uh, <laughs> back to some hopefully b- better news on the video game side. Oh, yeah. We got the, we got the teaser. We got this the WB Batman new game teaser featuring next to nothing. Hell but, yeah. <laughs> but still everything. Phil or Crisis, Court of Owls might be in the next Batman game. Crisis. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Best game 2021. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, probably I would like it to be Crisis. Right. Um, it is kind of Crisis in the sense that like this is something... This is a, a, a nefarious antagonistic group yep. that has been growing really popularity oh, yeah. um, ever since it's in, it kind of uh, got pushed with Scott Snyder in his run in the beginning. A lot of people um, say this is probably the best addition to the modern Bat mythos. I totally agree. Yeah. Totally would agree. It, it creates like this nice big stakes. And like you said, like mythos, it, yeah. it's it, that word alone conjures this expansive feeling. Exactly. And the Court of Owls adds so much depth and size yes. and, and scope to Gotham and the Batman mythos. And I think it's an excellent decision to explore that further in a video game because it's already proved to be such a successful source for uh, for the comic books. Absolutely. And um, I feel like, I mean, well, I, w- I hope this becomes more of a trend because it, it makes sense having video games be uh, those, obviously have uh, be adaptations of comic books, yeah. but maybe have that quicker turnaround. Like, if you know, I mean, essentially video game culture and comic book culture, it, it meshes. It's the, it me- yeah. yeah, it meshes so well together. That quicker turnaround on those ideas, like we have a big, you know, cool comic book event happening uh, in the comic books, what what's stopping you know a video game developer not even two three years later taking that same idea and then implementing into into the game knowing that there's a market for this for this yeah. concept? Yeah, you're right. That is something that should be normalized and a thing because video games are a great way to explore a lot of content of anything you want to kind of dive deeper into. Again, video game nerds are okay. With reading just text walls and for codex entries and yeah. stuff like that, they love the exposition and lore dumps, you yeah. know. Because I know we talk a lot about comic books becoming IP farms and stuff yeah. like that, um, but I feel like it's much more likely to get someone to read a comic book that's in a that's a accompanying you know body to a, a video game than it is to get someone to read a comic book or uh, sorry or read a comic book that's based on a movie. Sure, you know, I, I mean? agree with you. I would totally agree with you. I think that especially if you 
have a situation like the Injustice mm, games, yeah, great point. which is the poster boy for this entire conversation, Absolutely. really. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> you have a situation where you have this universe that it does so well, it is so successful, resonates with people so deeply, you have the comic series, and the comic series starts to fill in holes in there, and the, and the video game informs the comic, and we have this kind of like cool, dual source of... of canon yep. for this singular universe event. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's awesome. I think that's a yep. really cool way to explore that because you can't there are things you can do in video games you will never want to do in a comic. Absolutely. And there's things in comics you'll never want to do in a video game. Absolutely. So yeah. you can use them both to tell different kinds of the same stories. Mm-hmm. I think uh Horizon Zero Dawn might be embarking right. on that right now, you know, the very successful uh PS4. Was it a PS4? Exclusive? It was a PS4 exclusive, yeah. but now it has come to PC. Okay, sick, sick. Uh so a very successful very game. Recently. Yeah, uh, people have loved it, you know, so much to, for it to make the jump, yep. and you know, there's a, the the comic book just started. Uh, I I want to say it's a prequel to the game. That makes sense. I think that think that's what it is. Um, but they're they're embarking on the you know dual storytelling journey because the, the the game is is relatively new, you know, yeah. compared to the, the turnover with the comic book. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to, interesting to see how. Uh, they take both of those properties and uh, maybe if they want to mirror them or like or like you said, kind of take them maybe different routes to tell mm-hmm. different stories. Yeah. All right. What do Wolverine and Harley Quinn have in common? Great outfits. Ooh, that's that's good. That's it, that, right? that's, that's pretty good. That um, you're, you're, you're almost you're almost there, really. Wolverine the butts, isn't it? <laughs> Stellar butt on them. Wolverine is getting the uh, black, white, and red treatment. Oh, God. (laughs) Filler crisis. There's going to be a, well, first of all, there's there's already a second Wolverine book in the printings after we just got the new Wolverine number one earlier this year, I'm pretty sure. Um, So there's already going to be a second Wolverine series. And like I said, if you guys aren't familiar, there's an online, uh, digital-only comic book series right now, Harley Quinn black white and red where it's it's exactly what you think it is the color scheme for all the books are black white and red and each issue is uh is done by a completely different creative team telling a different story different side of harley a different side of harley's relationship with whoever mm-hmm. <laughs> um and so wolverine our boy logan will be getting they like I said a similar treatment. He will be getting a black, white, and red series where each series, I'm oh, sorry, where each issue will be uh, tackled by a different creative team telling a different story for uh, the knucklehead. You know, it's only right. It you know, <laughs> there's no low that DC won't sink to that Marvel will then also not sink to momentarily after well the internet was quick to let everyone know that wolverine was not copying harley harley was copying grendel because apparently this is something that grendel did back in the day he had a black white and red series sure and everyone was just like well bloodshot is black white and red and everyone was like (laughs) okay slow down Easy, uh, but obviously, of course, the were quick, quick comparisons drawn to the Harley Quinn series that's already out and already you know been out for a couple weeks now. Yeah, and it's just it definitely reeks of we got to get in on this too, dude. <laughs> I hate to be that guy. I mean, our, my bias is very clear, and I hate <laughs> to further it, but it's stuff like that, and then like the whole 
the king in black thing. Yeah. And then, like, what's the winter one? Or, like, the cold it's, I, I thought it was all the same. It's all the same thing. Like, okay. the king in black. I'm pretty sure the king in black is the black winter. Okay, good. Event, like, which is, that, I'm pretty sure, is some part of null or null related. It's just, like, yes. it's, it's more of that thing where it's, like, okay, you know, this is doing so well. What's our this thing? And I don't like that. Because both sides do it. And right. I hate when they do it. Right. You know, like there's the independent strengths of Marvel and DC have almost zero overlap. It's like, true, really. <laughs> so if you're playing to your strength, which in something like Batman Who Laughs is a hardcore DC strength, then it's probably going to feel like a weak element in a Marvel universe. Yeah, dude. I mean, like like you like you just said, DC's most popular character is Batman. Marvel's most popular character is Spider-Man. Yeah. Dude, like do the math. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it would be like... um it's 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 kind of like how uh, Marvel's like young adult stuff outpaces DC the, so well. I was because, about to say the same thing because they don't even market it as that. They're not even like actually trying to market it as that. It's just it's yeah. just what it does. This is what they what they do, and they're, extra, they're fucking good at they're it. They're very very good at. It. That's always kind of been the thing, you know. Marvel grabs the hearts and minds of young readers pretty damn well. And, and quick. so and quick, yeah. And so you know, every time you read a DC book, they're they're hawking some like young adult novel, right? Whether it's about <laughs> Batgirl or Lois or Armera or someone Bruce else. Bruce Wayne like, fixing this car. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> they're always like, "This is for for the young," but it's like really good still. We promise. Like give it a shot. It's <laughs> we like promise. it's like you don't have to do that if it is good, right? You know, like people will probably find it anyway. But like, yeah, how much of Marvel's catalog is that? And just it exists in that sphere without the need for it yeah. being pushed down anyone's throat. So yeah, I, I don't care for when we both try to do each other's thing. It usually doesn't end well. Just wait. Just wait. And like or I find don't, the other thing. Like maybe because the you know uh, Batman who laughs is kind of reaching his his arc. Sure. Like and so it, maybe it makes sense for them to start rolling in you know the Black Winter for them yeah. now. Maybe I don't know, but you know, back to the Wolverine Harley Quinn thing. This one is just hilarious. It's it's hilarious. Let's see what else we got. Okay, Filler Crisis. John Ridley, uh, popular screenwriter, as you may know, uh, screen uh, screenwriter for Twelve Years a Slave, mm-hmm. will be writing a Batman book. Um, probably Crisis because. Anyone with that kind of pedigree getting into comics is always a good thing. Uh, Jim Lee was on record saying that this is going to be the shit. Yeah. Essentially, um, he said we're we're bringing him in. He said he saw the the script or whatever, saw the ideas, um, and everything flowing, and he said this is going to be impactful. Was what he mm. said. And I was like, okay. I mean, that's a that's an interesting word to use right now yeah, for right? Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like I. Obviously, he's he's the Batman. He can do essentially whatever he wants. But to use a word like impactful right now, bringing in the screenwriter for 12 Years a Slave kind of makes your mind start to short sure. a little bit sure. about where this is going to go. Yeah. No, that should be very interesting to follow. Yeah, and I'm uh, sure we won't have to try hard to follow it. Oh no, no, no! If if you've seen Twelve Years a Slave, very, oh yeah, <laughs> no, very very little is left to the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so so in that sense, I'm definitely excited to see it. Um, and definitely excited to see you know, uh, I, I'm sure we've gotten you know screenwriters dive into the comic book 
industry, comic book market. It makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Have we had someone of this this profile of this caliber in recent recent <sighs> years take on something like the Batman? I'm not sure not really. that I can think of. I'm trying to think. I mean, I remember we've again, like you said, we've had them. Like we've had writers from different media come through, whether it's whether it's novels or television or, or film. Right. They've come in and they've done some really cool stuff. But I am blanking on the immediate I can't, largest one that would be comparable to that. Yeah, I can't think of one of this of this caliber. So obviously a lot of hype surrounding this one. Um he's also gonna be writing uh God, I'm blanking on the title of it. Okay, along with the Batman title, he's also going to be doing another book for DC called The Other History of the DC Universe. Right. Where he's essentially going to tackle major events in the history of DC, but through the eyes of the African-American characters in the DC Universe. Which should be, once again, very interesting. Very interesting take. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that they are essentially giving, obviously, two things that are going to be out of continuity, but also two things that it seems that he's going to have, like, a full kind of uh, sandbox to to play with. Sure. You know, given a title like Batman, you can almost do whatever you want. Yeah. And then giving a title like this, uh, once again, any event, you know, in the history of, like, 80 years of DC or all of the events in the history, but, you know, through that, through that scope and with that take, uh, interesting. It's very interesting. Didn't expect anything like that. No. You know, any of those announcements. Uh, it makes sense for for a time like right now. Uh, yeah. Of of course, DC is getting in on this. But uh, like I said, I didn't expect it to come in this form. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to give them props for putting their money where their mouth is. Oh, most definitely. It's finding... I'm assuming it's a lot of money. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, and you know, it's. Always a gamble when you have... It's not even a political bend. I hate the fact that giving people of color a voice more is seen as a political act. Right. But, you know, with the situation as it is and and current political social revolution occurring, it's going to be viewed like that. And then people are going to shy away from it solely because of that. Oh, absolutely. uh, Which is a stupid thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, it's I'm a kind of a cynical person when it comes to companies and how they represent. Oh yeah, you always gotta. You, you have to. Yeah, you you have to look at stuff like this with that kind of eye sometimes because, yeah. like you said, you know, it could very easily just be like some kind of marketing scheme, and there could be like no real effort being put into this comic book. It could literally just be them saying, "Hey man, like here's a bunch of money. I know you're a busy man. Like you know, mm-hmm. we gotta we could have a whole other fucking ghostwriter for this shit. Sure, we yeah. have our own idea about the other history of the DC universe. From we have from the mind of yeah, from the from the mind yeah. of from the. And this is this is this this is us like you know uh, uh, throwing throwing shit here. We don't know anything mm-hmm. about this. Uh, but like we said, it is interesting because DC's been around for eighty years, and yeah. I'm I'm more I'm more than sure someone had an idea like this or similar to this at some point mm-hmm. that was inevitably shot down. Oh yeah. So it always brings the question: Why now? Yeah, it's easy to ask that question. It's important to do it, too. Yeah. But, you know, it seems like they're going about the right way. They're sourcing quality talent quality. to make sure that voices are represented by people who understand them. So, I think that's kind of all you can ask for, I suppose. Yeah. And you just watch it and hope it works. All right. Since we're on the high-level DC stuff, might as well tackle it, tackle it while it's hot. DC, Warner Brothers, massive layoffs. Big old ones. Big, big layoffs. It's a bloodbath. <laughs> 
Jesus, fuck you, bleeding cool. Yeah, right. Jesus <laughs> Christ, have have some Seriously. journalistic decorum. No. My my word. No, we don't. Hashtag do that. bloodbath. Golly. Pathetic. Anyway, and you and you wonder why uh, comic book fans go to oh, yeah. content creators and YouTube and other places instead of actual comic book news websites because you guys post stuff like that. Yep. Uh, anyways, that's a, that's a whole nother <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but like we were saying, uh, DC massive layoffs, um, especially on the Warner side. I think on the Warner side there was like somewhere around six hundred and some layoffs. Yeah, I know a lot of people were talking about the editorial layoffs at DC, which are obviously very important. Uh, someone losing their job is always extremely important. Sure, but the the shocking numbers on the Warner side, which was was what kind of raised our ears and. It just sucks because we don't know these people's names. You know, I know yeah. Andy Corey's name, the the editor for you know uh, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, Far Sector, Amethyst, essentially half the shit I'm reading at DC right now. I mm-hmm. know his name, and I know he's going to be all right because he's a talented person, and any publication would love to have someone of his caliber. Yeah, we don't know the names of the 600 people or so that are working for DC Universe, DC Direct, all these yeah. other DC uh, uh, outfits and imprints. And that sucks. Yeah, you hate to see it. I mean, it's. I guess maybe it's just the inevitable conclusion to a failed experiment. It was always going to end badly. Yeah. Always. That, that was the writing on the wall. As soon as we knew DC Universe and all those things weren't putting up the numbers they were supposed to be putting up, we knew they were going to get shut down. Obviously, COVID um, sped up the process for yeah. a, a lot of things, and it just it just laid some things bare that couldn't couldn't be ignored either from a financial sense or a financial sense or just an organizational sense. Yeah, not much to say. It's just sucks. yes, yeah, it just it. sucks. Um, not yeah, no, n- nothing really to gain positively from this, except maybe you know, uh, decision making will be more streamlined. Maybe the organization will uh, make more sense, be more structured because we don't have you know four editors with four different you know editorial titles. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm blanking on her, on her name, Marie something. Something like like Jer, Jaren? Something Jaris, like that. The one who does a lot of the Batman stuff, yeah, right? She, yeah, yeah, she's actually the editor on Death Metal right now. Yep. Uh, she she got the promotion as well as someone else. They're going to be the uh, editor-in-chief as another woman. Mm-hmm. So we have a dual female lead editor-in-chiefs yep. uh, currently right now. And, and like I said, you can only hope decisions like this mean things will move more effectively at least at the very least yeah. things should move with a sense of more of a sense of purpose yeah i mean that's especially when you look at the kind of jobs that were lost yeah uh, you know you never want to see anybody like get laid off that's always a sad thing because it's a life that's potentially ruined for Absolutely. some of these people but like if you have to say it and you have to look at it in a different way we can only hope that some of these positions were truly redundant, and right. so this may be, may make things work a little smoother, or maybe we're going to find out those positions were not redundant at all, and the reason they existed was to keep things from falling apart. But right. I guess we're about to find out. Yeah, definitely about to find out. Um, and just for like some more clarification, one of the positions I, I'm I'm mis- I'm forgetting the name of the position, but essentially that person was in charge of not all of the black label books the person was in charge of getting black label started 
Right. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Right. Um, and then, like I said, uh, Andy Corey was in charge of a bunch of the cool books that I'm reading right mm-hmm. now. There was someone who was also in charge of an imprint uh, that I want to say so it was one of the DC imprints that isn't producing books anymore. DC Young Animal. Far Sector oh. is the only DC Young Animal book even in even still printing right now. And Ooh. there was like a whole like other editor for that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was just it definitely seemed like there was a little bit of overlap, maybe a little bit of uh, uh, dual roles going on. And like I said, these things can sometimes cause confusion, sometimes cause, you know, uh, uh, disagreements that probably shouldn't have happened, but you know, it's it's always hard to view stuff like this. It's hard to to uh, gain that proper perspective because a lot because of the human element, I guess. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, staying uh staying on the side of DC, making everyone kind of upset. Uh, <laughs> the uh the book cancellations, whole lot of whole lot of books being canceled, namely Hawkman. No longer on the shelves. Let me get the full list. Wow. Yeah, I forgot how how sad this list made me. Um, Suicide Squad. Right. I know you just dive into that. Jesus, man. And it's being it's ending at 11. So all the books I'm naming are going to end in November. Uh, Suicide Squad, Young Justice, Teen Titans, Hawkman, and uh, Constantine was the other book. Oh, Constantine and uh, and Aquaman maybe kind of potentially the, the what's the Sandman Constantine yeah man golly it's Dunzo well, Finito that's not here. wrapping up cleanly well th- th- so it was funny because that was one of the so a lot of people were saying uh, hey you know some of these books are you know at the end of their arcs anyway like you know maybe there's just like ending maybe they're not being canceled and some you know some writers and some uh, other creators kind of chimed in on that saying, oh, yeah, yeah my book was like ending. It's right. not canceled. Simon Spurry did not say that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> How could you? Simon Spurry was, this, this was not supposed to end. You know. No. Uh, fuck no. You know, we, he, he, and he made a point to, to say it and it was something that everyone else knew and felt. Nothing, it's not that the book was bad. No, yeah. Everyone says that the book was great. That that is true. That yeah. has been a almost a universal thing. It just wasn't putting up the numbers that to 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 warrant it, which is upsetting. Which is totally upsetting. You hate to hear that because it's John Constantine. Yeah, doesn't it doesn't matter? Is he's so integral to the DC? It's the Sandman universe. I know, right? And we just started this other the the Dreaming Part Two thing. That's I know, happening. right? And I don't I don't get that shit. How do you stop the Constantine book, but then you start Part Two of the Dreaming, a series that ended this year as well? That one doesn't make sense to me. It makes no sense, and that one went twenty. So what yeah. was the point of ending that? I don't know. Because I, I know I know they had the new uh, creative team. I know Kelly Sue uh, uh, DeConnick DeConnick yeah. came in after. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking. Who did the first dreaming? It's all right. Um, but she, I know she's coming in. So maybe that was the reason. Maybe you want the, the fresh number one with the new creative team. Uh, is that is that the play? The the classic. Um, <sighs> <laughs> it it just sucks. You know the only the only thing that really make sense on here is the young Justice Teen Titans things because we can only hope they finally 
put their heads together and realize we should just have one book. Why is that? With, yeah. uh, with all yeah. the young people in it so we the can youth. just do what the fuck we want instead of trying to explain why Young Justice is doing this and Teen Titans is doing that. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and Suicide Squad. And then Tom Taylor, he came out and said, yeah, man, like, you know, we intended this for this to be a maxi series. And I'm like, you shut your mouth right there, Tom Taylor. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop you, sir. I'm not gonna sit here and and let you company man me, all right? You're mm. you're 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 too cool and and and, 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 and DC knows you're cool. DC knows you can go on your Twitter and say, Hey guys, this is supposed to be a maxi series. That was gonna be like, Oh Tom, you wouldn't lie to us like you said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you you've given us everything we've ever wanted. It's true. It's I and, and I wanna believe Tom Taylor. I can't. I'm not I'm not refuse. To That's believe wild. that the Suicide Squad run was going to end at eleven or twelve—that's bullshit. Yeah, especially with the heart, with the beginning of the marketing campaign for the film. Yeah, why dude. would you even do that? Like, even a comic that's not pulling the numbers you want is going to see a bump from those film sales, One or at least percent. function as now instead of just being a comic with a great story and whatever. Now it's a comic with a great story that's going to maybe push some people to go see your movie too. So, like, yeah. You'd think you'd have that uh, synergy. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. These <laughs> hey, suits want. But um, I guess not. Yeah, I guess not. And so like he said, he's, he's going to be able to wrap it up. Sure. He also said that he had plans for essentially all the characters in the book uh, after this. And I was like, yeah, Tom, it's called Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's called Suicide Squad number 13. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. And this is also on the heels of the stuff we talked about in our, actually our last episode, episode 19, right. which we uh, recorded after they... <laughs> JLO. <laughs> yeah, Christ. Yep. JLO, Batman, The Outsiders, uh, Batgirl, and there was a... Supergirl? That had we already know, been we know canceled. that was canceled. Yeah, yeah already we knew been that canceled. Was canceled. Uh, Terrifics as well had already been canceled. Rip. So in in the last three four months, we got upwards to twelve books. Books been canceled. So nearing half of the DC shelf. Crap <laughs> has been canceled. The only things that are that are that will forever be well, obviously the Trinity. Sure, there will always be that. There will always be a Detective Comics yeah, and, and yeah. Action Comics. Yeah, can't touch those. So that's five. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> already, guys. Yikes. Um, and then what else we got? Batman. At least two more Batman stories. Yeah, to pad ba- that out. Yeah, right? Batman's yeah. Grave and and the other one. <laughs> I think there's another one. Uh, Nightwing. Of course. Batman Junior. Harley Quinn. Uh, girl, girl, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Not bad girl. That got canceled. No, nah, that's not nearly as good. <laughs> well, Harley's ending at 75 this week. Oh, that's week. right. It is ending at 75. So, yeah, Harley's done, too. Should have on in red, black, and white. Uh, Filler of Crisis. There's 36 Harley Quinn 75 variants. and tw- What the hell? Wait for it. Are you ready for this? 23 of them have punchline on it. Okay, that's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. You like that? No, I hate Don't it. Don't you want one of those? <laughs> I, I hate it so much. Oh, Dude. God, I hope someone kills somebody. <laughs> Bro, I really hope. I hope I hope Harley 75 is punchline showing up and killing Harley. And that's oh, how it shit. ends. That's what I'm calling it right now. Oh, there's, there's a fight 
in the back. Oh, there's man. a the in the back of the Harley Quinn seventy five. There's a fight illustrated and written by Raleigh Rossmo. No, oh, Nito. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Hopefully he'll he'll kill her off. Oh God. So Just end um, my pain. Yeah. When I saw that page, I literally had to count. I because I saw it and I was like, wait a minute. Why is she? Why are they? But there's so many. What? <laughs> you know, if we're lucky, they'll just kill each other. That'll be it. That'll be great. Shit, dude. That's a little, that's a little too 90s. Dude, yeah. <laughs> a little edge. Uh, yeah, and then we have that punchline one-shot coming, too, right? Oh, Don't yeah, we? yeah. Punchline one-shot coming. We're getting her full origin story, uh, I guess, by expanding upon the little one that we got in that Joker 80th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, thank God, because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny because that one definitely helped the hate oh yeah um which is oh, yeah. which is uh, hilarious even more so because the hate has only elevated punchline oh, profile every time every that's how it works time. dude that's exactly how it works and it's like they they're like why would we make another harley that people have to you know find reasons to lament over well we can give them the reasons let's just (laughs) let's just tell you what you don't like about it (laughs) easy man it's too easy they 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 i don't care what anybody says they nailed it with punchline they 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 got me they're crushing it with punchline this is this is how you make a comic book character in 2020 yeah if you like her they won if you hate her they won it's true it's perfect bingo that's Joker War, baby. <laughs> That's Joker's Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else we got? Oh, okay, quick, uh, quick filler crisis. Valiant plans to restructure their company. They also plan on moving to LA. Ah, classically, ten years behind everyone else on everything they do, huh? Uh, speaking of being behind everyone else, Exo Manowar will be returning. Hell yes. <laughs> in November. Bro, I can tell you that shit because I read the Bloodshot one-off and it was three pages of Bloodshot and then the entire comic of Exo Manowar. Dude, I love it. It was brilliant. I like that Valiant's just doing their thing. Oh, dude, they are the only true artistic <laughs> vision in the comic books this, in this day and age at this point. <laughs> I cannot wait for Ninjax to return. I'm going to fucking read the shit out of that comic book. Speaking of artistic vision, want to give you, uh, this is going to be our last news talk, topic. It's a double one. Uh, and it's, it's about one of our one of our boys, big boys, Scott. <laughs> Motherfucker. Scott Slaughter Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, our other boy, Tony S. Daniels. Love him. They're going to be doing a new Kickstarter book. Neat. Uh, called Nocturnal. Neat. Uh, they already raised the funds in hours. I'm sure. Right? And uh, it, it raised a very popular question on Twitter. Uh, should people of Scott Snyder's caliber be asking people for money? That's a hilarious question, right? <laughs> you know, because I also, I backed um, a, a story that Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent and a couple other guys did. Mm-hmm. That's like a space noir detective story. Okay, I don't know if you remember this. I think I, do, I remember you talking about. It this. was fun. I didn't need to back it or anything like that. But right, right. I wanted to support them, and I got some neat stuff for doing it or right. whatever. So, but it's a great question. Yeah, and I would say, the a person like him in any other industry, no. 
Right. A person like him in comic books, probably I'm okay with it. Okay. Um, and yeah. the reasoning why is because we already can see the difficulty that the big two publishers have apparently <laughs> with just doing their job, which is uh, they forgot <laughs> publishing comic books. Yeah, fair enough. This is the job they were intended to do. They've been doing for 80 and 60 years respectively. Like, Yeah, yeah great point actually. So I, I'm kind of like, okay with it in the same sense with uh, another one, a guy we love, Tinian, doing that uh, horror comic book anthology. The, uh, thing, the, magazine. the magazine. he's yeah. doing, yes. Yeah. So, I can respect the, these guys for going, hey man, we're gonna, we're creatives, we want to tell a cool story, we, we're gonna do our own properties and shit, but we don't want to go to Image for it, I guess. Well, so, we're doing it ourselves, and can you help us do it? Because we, you know you want to support us. Right. So, here's your content. Well, because I, I, I think I might be getting this confused with the other news, because mm. I don't know if the nocturnal thing maybe end up maybe ending up being a part of Image. That I would have a problem with. Right. Right. That would be not okay. Um. Well, because now I don't know if you saw this, but this is potentially crisis level, and I want to ask you a couple questions about it. Sky Snyder is going to be getting his own imprint over at Image. I'm sorry, I did not know that. Yeah. Let me get the let me get the title of it. Snyder actually. print. Best Jacket Press is the name of the imprint. Like the name. Yeah, he's calling it a new phase of his career. Um, he said that uh, he's going to be moving away from the DC main line in 2021. Sure. Uh, he says he doesn't really want to have any more say in the overarching, you know. Sad enough. I, I, I think that's what he was saying. Yeah. That's what a lot of people, you know, kind of say, kind of feel, you know, after the his obviously epic Batman run that led into metal, which of course will lead into his justice league run, which is now yeah. leading into death metal. Like he's, he's, he's been, he's been the fucking man for Dude. the last 10 years. Oh like yeah. Straight. <laughs> he's been holding the reins of a lot of DC to be honest. So I can totally get it. I could see why he'd want to do that. And now he could tell different stories in that regard uh, to kind of circle back to the earlier thing. I would not have too much of a problem with him doing the Kickstarter because to me, Kickstarter when it works right is just it's like it's like pre-ordering a copy basically. Right. You know, right? Fair like enough. you're 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 gonna buy this anyway, so now you're just kind of helping to cover the cost of production. Yeah. What I would totally have a problem with is having a Kickstarter project like that and then putting that project out through another publisher. Right. Because we we're supposed to be the ones covering it. We, the, the collective the consumer, people. the people. Right. We were supposed to be covering that for you. Now that we handled all the capital in the beginning of your business and it's been a success, right. you're taking it to make even more money from a publisher that I have a problem with. Now, I'm not saying he's doing that. Right. I'm just saying if he did, I would not care for it. Right. I feel like at that point, I would start to say, well, where was my return on, oh, that's investment. <laughs> on my investment? Yeah. That, and that's the problem. Yeah, this is, that was, that's no longer a gift. <laughs> we, yeah, we floated your business, essentially, yeah. uh, with the, only the expectation of getting our product that we were right. investing in you right. for. Now, you are going to make a greater return off of the investment that the people had put in through crowdfunding. Right. Now, if that's something that you're up front with in the beginning, maybe that's okay. Right. But even then, it's still kind of gross to me. So I, I don't know. I don't expect Scott to be that kind of person. He's really not. Right. Every interview I've seen, he's a very, very kind guy, very thoughtful guy. Right. But uh, yeah, I don't have an issue with that one. Him getting his own imprint, though, super big fan of. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to ask you about that. The whole imprint thing. 
What does that mean? Exactly. I so 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 for me, I immediately think about it like record labels. Sure. Like you have something, you know, uh, like uh, Atlantic, you, whatever Atlantic or Universal. Then they have like the smaller imprints, whether it be Def Jam or you know Def sure. Jam goes into Rockefeller and good sure. music and stuff like that. And essentially, it's just literally what a comic book imprint where we have a high profile artist. Essentially curating a, yeah. a line of comics. Uh, most like, notable one being Joe Hill's line yep. of horror comics that came out uh, re- recently. Received raving reviews yep. on the majority of them. I would say, uh, I mean, I would hope that becomes a staple. Uh, wow, we should probably get some kind of update on it's that, been a minute, right? shouldn't we? Yeah, I mean, the, the last has, of them have finished off by now, yeah, a couple months. Is so. that dead now, you think? I don't know. That would be interesting. I mean, it was really pretty successful. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Because that would be... That would be a question DC would have to ask themselves, especially after the cancellations of... Oh, yeah. Everything. Everything. Like, when we bring stuff back, like, how much of our stuff are we going to bring back? How much are we going to bring back of, you know, Joe Hill stuff or, you know, these other DC imprints or stuff like that? Interesting. Very interesting. Um, But I wanted to frame it as, do you think this is... Do you think this is comic book publishers trying to get a better idea of the pulse of their fans by letting a creator curate the comics or do you think this is kind of gatekeepery where we as a company put in place someone that we are familiar with and know and know that um maybe what am i trying to say maybe we know that scott snyder does things a certain way and he's not going to sign up people that doesn't do it the way that we know we like Scott Snyder to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a, is is that helping or is that hurting? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, great way to frame it too. So I would like to think that in a larger scheme of things, right? Who, right. So when we're talking about making decisions about where money is put, right. all too often that's left in the realm of people who are not informed on the actual creative mm-hmm. end of the product that is being sold. Mm-hmm. And so the concept of an imprint where you have a high profile creator who understands their product and the people, their peers, them being the ones who green lights or uh, finds new talent and brings them in, that hypothetically should be fantastic right that should be something great like you said it's someone who has their finger on the pulse of the comic book world both as someone who consumes product and someone who creates it and understands their contemporaries now like you said (laughs) if i was curating a an imprint or a record label or something like that i know that i would not be a good person to choose (laughs) Because the things that I would want to support, the things that I would want to support personally, would not be probably very successful. Fair, okay, you yeah. know, there's the my, my tastes and the things that I enjoy and the things that I would like to give a spotlight to. Right. Thinking with all my heart and intentions that people would enjoy if they had the exposure to it. That is. Right. Probably still won't see a great return, and so. <laughs> so the question I think that becomes difficult is if is. When you pick somebody, you have to pick someone that will understand how to balance that out. Right. How to find creative talent and and good stories to spotlight in a sea of creatives. Yeah. While also, like you said, not being too gatekeepery. Right. 
about things and and cutting off the people that are that should get a chance or greenlighting people that maybe shouldn't have a chance because something is a little too out there for a main for, for something even like image but right image is image i mean, I mean if it was they, dc then it'd be a little scarier but image lets a lot of shit go we, we gotta stop calling the big two we get oh no yeah it doesn't make sense it's yeah it's, it's, it should be it's it's a big three in a creative sense even if it's not the money because when we yeah. when we think about the books it's it's to the point where you know when, we, when we're going for the pools and we're picking up stuff is dc image marvel yes image dc marvel yeah image image marvel image image dc image 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 sometimes yeah well literally <laughs> dude when i was like putting all the books together for this i that's what i do put dc marvel image and then all the other random indie ones because yeah. that was like okay everything else indie can just go behind image that's how image is its own thing yeah, now absolutely. you know and it's and it sells a, a great ass share of the comic book market, so yeah, you know, yeah. it it's got that. It has the market clout. It has the money and the and the names behind it. This will be the. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say that it was intended to be you know creative owned properties and stuff like that in the first place. Yeah. So the idea of it having uh, Scott Scott Snyder imprint, I want to say is a good thing. Yeah, and I want to say this would be their second imprint. I think the Skybound. Right was a Kirkman's uh, kind of imprint, yes, style thing, which is which is dope because two, I mean, two of the image books that I read are Skybound books with uh, excellence and stealth. Right, right, those are two of my favorite books right now. Right, so the 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 history shows, yeah. But also, I, on the other imprint side, we got stuff like Wonder Comics, which is technically Bendis's imprint at DC. <laughs> And, you know, DC Young Animal, which was Gerard Way's imprint, which, you know, had had that early on success with uh, all the fresh new titles, new cool stuff going on, yeah. but kind of faded as Gerard Way's interest in the imprint kind of kind of faded. I think that's also going to be the biggest strength and weakness with these kind of things Good is point. the is the creative themselves right mm. there. You know, so like if you have someone who is good at these things, but doesn't have the vision is the word i'm going to use there to see through and have a cohesive kind of imprint with as far as tone and vibe and and quality standard and stuff like that then it's going to suffer or it's going to become a thing that is it's it'll become a mark of um it'll become a negative thing it'll become something that you'll you look on as a pejorative and say oh this is snyder's imprint well the five out of the six books i've read from there have been shit so (laughs) now i'm just not going to even try this seventh book yeah so you got to be careful with that kind of thing, I think. And so you just, it really comes down to picking the right creative. <laughs> if I had to pick one, it wouldn't, he's not a badass choice, dude. He's a great choice. Oh, yeah. I thought you were about to pick one. Quick. Oh. You got you got an imprint at Image Comics. <laughs> I knew it. Fucking. <laughs> who else would it be, dude? Are you kidding me? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> That's so easy. <laughs> and then, you know, my third person actually might be. Garth Ennis. Ooh. Dude, I am really finding quickly that everything he is writing, I'm enjoying. Like, yeah. consistently, I am loving his work. Yeah, he would probably be a great pick for something like that. Yeah, he has a very specific tone and style, and I really like his work. Yeah. So, I, he is kind of, he would be probably another person I would look to as, like, a great person to curate a list of, of comics I would enjoy. I don't think, I'm trying to think if I can... I think it's someone off the top of my head. I want Shumfries to take over Wonder Yo, Comics. That's actually a great idea. He would make a lot of sense for that. You know, he I feel is like, like he would crush it. 
yeah, he he has an affinity for those characters, kind of, you know, and he's already in that wheelhouse of yeah, like very much, you so. know, <laughs> the the youth kind of shit, whatever the youth is. Give give the kids what they want, the feed kids. them. Yeah, exactly, dude. Feed flashy, them. progressive kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, very colorful and fun, big personalities. So yeah, that actually be a great choice for that. Yeah, you know? I just you know I hate the fact that I started reading down Dial H for Hero because I like because <laughs> it's good. It's good, dude. <laughs> it's so good. I like. Shout it. out to the Shump. Always, always shout out. What a legend. Uh, dude, speaking of the shump, this is our last topic, which will go into our uh, kind of topic of the day. This, this we'll make, We're making the dramatic shift here. We're doing it right now. The DC Fandom. Oh, it's going, next week. It's this week. <laughs> I forgot it's Monday. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's yeah, Saturday, August 22nd. DC Fandom, the ultimate online con experience brought to you by the people that have never done online con yeah right it's gonna be fantastic i hate how they keep marketing this like it's about to be the hottest shit oh yeah dude after that mess that was san diego comic con travesty (laughs) i don't even know what to expect from this shit man um our we at the very least it was gonna be better than that Oh yeah, it's gotta all, be right. Yeah, all I gotta do is not do that. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be better than that. Uh, let me get the full list of stuff uh, because it's a lot, but also not really, as per usual. <laughs> okay, I'm on IGN.com. Nice. <laughs> right, classic throwbacks, and uh, I'm just gonna run down some of the stuff that they have. There's gonna be six verses in the multiverse where we'll be able to watch certain announcements and content panels and things. There'll be the Hall of Heroes, which will contain the major programming. Sure. The Watchverse, which will feature four theaters where fans can watch hours of DC content. Sure. The (laughs) U-verse will put the fans at the forefront with cosplay and Fan art, finally, other, other things like that. Uh, Insider verse, where <laughs> fans can take behind the scenes looks at uh, how their favorite DC comics, games, TV shows, and other uh, mediums are created. Fun verse, all right, interactive space where fans can view free digital comics, buy merch, and participate in other fun quote unquote activities. <laughs> <laughs> Fun being subjective. What the fuck? Jimmy's uh, like, yeah, the kids like fun, right? What is fun that though? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that just that gives us such a strange implication <laughs> for no reason. You know, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and last but not least, the kid verse, which will feature a verse just for kids. Teen Titans Tower, then the DC Superhero Girls Sweet Justice Cafe. Nice. Which actually sounds fairly lit when I say it out loud. It does sound pretty <laughs> lit. But as John Boyega said, fuck them kids. <coughs> not not direct quote, <laughs> but close. Um, no, that's neat. I mean, I'm go- I think that's a really great idea. Those yeah. seem to cover all the bases of things that people look for in news and stuff. So yeah. It's already set up way better than yeah. San Diego Comic Con. It's already set up infinitely better. Yeah. And uh, let's just run down some stuff. We'll find the big stuff. You know, we'll just run down the stuff going on at the. Oops. 
run down the stuff going on on the Hall of Heroes side because that's where the big announcements are going to be coming. Right. So on August 22nd, we're going to do... Yeah, we're going to do Eastern Times because that's that's where we are. Hell yeah. Uh, The Wonder Woman 1984 panel at 1 p.m., Wonder, uh, sorry, uh, Warner Brothers uh, Comics Montreal announcement at 1.30 p.m. Hey. I'm assuming that's got to be the uh, Gotham Knights slash Suicide Squad slash whatever rather game. Yep, Vigi game. Uh, 1.45. Oh, shit. These turnarounds are fast. This is, this is literally going to be like the announcements and then we're going. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Sandman Universe Enter the Dreaming panel. No idea. Dreaming. Multiverse 101 panel after that. Oh, God. It's going to be a Flash introduction panel. Oh, God. You know, needed. <laughs> There's going to be a Suicide Squad panel. I'm assuming they're going to talk about the film at 3. Hey. And we already got our first hiccup at 345. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> this is our planned spot for a fuck up. It's essentially, we got Baus females, B-A-W-S-E, oh, of God. color within the DC universe. There must be a... Was a an acronym for something? Uh, no, I think it's just in all caps. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I hope it's an acronym. <laughs> uh, nah, I can't even think of what one. What is it? You said B A W S E? Black, Asian, white. Bro, <laughs> like, no, it's definitely. Okay, slow down there. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely badass women and then something. <laughs> Right? It's B-A-W-S-E something, right? Um, yeah, I'm looking it up. It's badass women something entertainment. No, it's black, Asian, white. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. Oh, jeez, help us. All right. Well, if you know, make sure to contact us. Yeah, please yeah, please let us know. <laughs> let them know, because I don't think they do. If they don't, then tell them the badass women thing, because I, I thought that was pretty good. I thought, I, dude, I thought you just straight up knew something I didn't know. <laughs> Okay, at 4.15, we got the Legacy of the Bat All right. panel. I like Batman. All right, holy shit. How did I miss this on my initial review? <laughs> at 4.30, we got a Chris Daughtry performance. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, dude. We, Fuck we yeah, have arrived. <laughs> it's not over. All right. All right, I'm here for that. And, um, <laughs> what's the other one? Home. Those are the two, right? I'm fucking, dude. <laughs> this uh, is the shit. Each what your, does San Diego Comic Con have, huh? Each, I don't know. How many American Idol stars do they have? Heat your hot out, Andrew WK. Yo, right? From the, was that uh, from Evo? E3. Yeah, oh, E3, that's from, right. From Bethesda's E3. Oh, God. Yeah. Out of here. All right. At uh, 4.45, we got uh, the Joker put on a happy face. Okay. That's the name of it. I don't know what that means. Ah, it, can, it, can be, it can be anywhere between group therapy or a face painting tutorial. Okay. It's got, we got no no details. God, it's totally a face painting tutorial. Oh, at the, at the same time? There's going to... Okay, maybe... Wait, hold on. No, no, yeah. At the same time, there's going to be a Jim Lee portfolio review. All right. Maybe it'll be uh, him walking us through all of his uh, his sketches from his quarantine. That'd be pretty sick. Uninterested. It's like, yeah, here's Batwoman. 
Yeah, here's <laughs> yeah, right. Batman. This is Jim Lee's his way through the, through the whole 15 <laughs> just, minutes. Just says the word. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this. You're right. <laughs> God damn. Uh, at five, we got we got the it's in bold, so you know it's it's important. It's real deal. At five p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we got the surprise DC Comics panel. Oh. That's need, prime time need slot. Need a quick speculation about what it is. What uh, could it possibly be? Uh, <laughs> surprise what? It just says surprise DC Comics panel. Okay, it's definitely Scott Snyder, Bendis, fighting to the death <laughs> to see who will take Dan Didio's spot. What do you think? <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, no, honestly, that's that's better than anything I got. Yeah, I truly have no idea. I can only assume it's gonna be them announcing a bunch of titles. Yes, to replace some of the ones we're losing. Right. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It's probably gonna be about half a dozen yeah. like high level creatives, and yeah. they'll come in and they'll say, "Okay, you know how everyone here really was trying to get that Black Canary book back again? Yeah, it's not happening." They're gonna they're gonna give us everything we want. We're gonna get uh when I say we, I mean the internet. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get Cass as Batgirl. Okay. We're gonna get Barbara in her old Batgirl costume, even though she's not Batgirl because Cass is Batgirl. Love it. See the same people asking for both of those at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that, that, that one always gets me. Uh what else? Iconic. Uh what if you always want? Uh Want the Green Arrow and Black Canary? Yeah, just together. Make them kiss. Just make them do the things all the time together. We want the uh, I don't know what's the easy stuff. Bro, I'll take the GAGL comic back. I think this is a great time to bring that back. That would be sick, actually. Like that whole comic was built around addressing a lot of the stuff that's happening in the United States in a very turbulent political time. No, dude, we got to do that again. That's what Tom King's Rorschach is for. (laughs) That's going to come on, man. Don't you think Rorschach has a better pulse of the average (laughs) (laughs) society? You're right. (laughs) Rorschach presents (laughs) why humans should go extinct from the mind of Tom King. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god i i'm trying to forget that one's a thing ah, how could you the, the, yeah the, the internet's not gonna let me tom king's not gonna let me dc's not gonna let me it's gonna fuck dude you know it's gonna fuck i hate that it's gonna be good yeah. it's like it, it like it is it's kind of yeah. hard for it not to be as much as you know people are gonna lament it and you know alan moore oh, is yeah. gonna pretend like it doesn't exist and well all yeah. these things but uh at the end of the day, it's Tom King writing a character like Rorschach in a not a continuity book, so he's yeah. gonna be able to do what the fuck he wants. And Rorschach is already sad, so the internet can't say Tom King's making him sad. No, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be sick. Yeah, so it, it, it inherently works. It makes almost too much it, sense. Yeah, he probably should have done this. <laughs> <laughs> should have been doing yeah, this. Been one. doing this. Tom King is on imprint. Sad, sad, sad boy, boy comics, bo- sad boy books, <laughs> sad boy books. We think about teardrop as the name of the imprint. We think about uh, awake in bed as the name of the imprint. 
I don't think if Tom King had his own universe, beds would just be for introspection and sadness. They wouldn't be for sleeping in. Awake just, in bed. <laughs> be in your bed with it dark enough so that you maybe could fall asleep, but light enough so that I could see all the features of your chiseled abs. And uh, you'd be sad in it. It's the it's the light from my TV saying no device connected. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. There's a lo-fi hip-hop playing in the background. Oh. Perfect. So after the surprise DC <laughs> fan, after Tom King shows up. Uh, at 5.30, we got the I'm Batman, the voices behind the cowl panel. Oh, hell yeah. So that's already sick because Kevin Conroy is going to be there. Guaranteed. So I'm, I'm there. Hell yes. 5.45, we got the Snyder Cut panel. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. It's happening. That one's in bold. <laughs> it better be. Uh, at six, we're getting the Black Adam panel. Sick, oh, sick. very sick. Uh, at six thirty, we're getting the CNN heroes, real life heroes in the age of coronavirus panel. So uh, very cool, very cool. DC to do give us uh, that spotlight. That is good on uh, real life heroes, just in case people forget. Uh, at seven, we're getting the Aquaman panel. I don't oh. know if this is about the movie. Or... Is there even a second movie announced yet? I mean, I know what's happening, but like, right? Do we know anything about it? Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. Maybe we learn. <laughs> Maybe we learn. Uh, at seven fifteen, we there's an Ask Harley Quinn panel. Which, Why wouldn't there be? I mean, if I'll only participate if Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti are the ones answering the questions. Yeah, I'd hope so. So, I uh, hopefully DC gets that one right. Uh, at seven fifteen as well, DC's uh no sorry tomorrow's tomorrow superheroes with Jim Lee brought to you by Gold House. Man, he is running this shit. I mean, it's all he's the only one left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also at seven fifteen, well, fuck you seven fifteen. <laughs> we got the Wonder Woman 80th celebration. Hey, is it eighty years of Wonder Woman? Yeah, dude. Oh. Sick. Sick. Is this the year Wonder Woman? I, yeah, yeah. 750 was this year. Or was that last year? That was this Whoa. year? I don't remember. That must have been this Holy year. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. It's Wonder Woman 760 right now. And oh, they, shit. They come out every two weeks. But we took that little break. It's gotta have been this year. It was this. Yeah, it was this year. Yeah, it was this year. All right. Anyways, Oof. if we're wrong, let us know. Oof, <laughs> um, I don't care for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got the Shazam panel. Hell yes. At seven thirty, already hard lock in for that. Uh, at eight, we got another Suicide Squad panel. Nice. Oh, so this this is the Suicide Squad movie panel. Oh, Suicide yeah. Squad, kill the Justice League. That's the. Oh, I thought that was the name of the game. Oh, shit. Maybe that is the game then. I think that's the game. Okay, so the first one's the movie. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Mm, uh, Yep. All right. All right, sure. Uh, And then last, but certainly, certainly not least, the piece of resistance. The thing that we all been waiting and wanting and dying for on this beautiful Saturday evening. The Batman panel. Oh, God. Robert Pattinson. Zoe Kravitz, Colin Farrell. Oh man! Everyone else. There's there's rumors, people. There's rumors that we're gonna get to see Zoe Kravitz in, in the Catwoman cat costume. Oh, that'd be good. Needed it. 
and I, those people would not want to be there. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Ill. Yeah. No. I, oh, could you imagine Robert Pattinson and no, Zoe Kravitz at the? No, Jesus. dude. <laughs> you know what? They lucked out. You guys lucked out this time. We really did, dude. Robin passing at the cons, man. Oh, God. I don't even think about this. This is perfect. This, this is perfect. That's what he deserves. <laughs> this is this is the most Bruce Wayne shit ever. It really is. What if we find out Robert Pattinson orchestrated a fake virus oh, in order to God. not do the press run for the Batman? I, be- <laughs> I believe it. I would almost believe it. That man does not want to be involved in this Absolutely. level of these things. Not. I can't even believe he agreed to it. It is crazy. Very excited for it, though. Yeah, 100%. And uh, I'm going to go through some of the other stuff going on on the different panels. See if there's anything cool. Look, there's going to be panels throughout the day for all your favorite DC shows. Uh, Doom Patrol panel, Black Lightning panel, DC Legends yeah. of Tomorrow panel. Um, so, yeah, go online and make sure you guys do your uh, do your research on that. Uh, set timers, all that good stuff. Because stuff will be occurring at the same time. So don't just stick to the Hall of Hero stuff. Like if you don't really care about the introduction to the Flash at 3 p.m., you know, there's also uh, the expansion of the Watchmen universe uh, panel going on at that time as well, uh, as well as a Watchmen Unmasked panel. Huh. Not sure what the hell that is. But uh, the the point is, if there's something, there's there a, a point in time where you're bored with something you're watching, just flip over to a different channel, and I assure you there'll be something worth watching. Hmm. Trying to see if there's anything crazy notable. What the fuck? The kids verse looks sick. Kids versus lit. We got to draw along with Jim Lee and his family. All right, we got to do that. We got a Barbara Gordon vlog. We got to take part in this, man. DC origami. Batman carpool. <laughs> Teen with Robert Titans. Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Pattinson with the kids. Holy shit. We got a Teen Titans go fitness. <laughs> fitness. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> fantastic, dude. We're watching the kids thing the whole time, dude. The kid things look sick. All right, what else we got? The, the, we got the DC Universe thing. There's a DC Virtual Run that I'm sure everyone will participate in. Hmm. <laughs> um, got portfolio reviews. Uh, the uh, creative talent will be answering fan questions. Uh, it's gonna be a do-it-yourself series. It's gonna be a Batman Batmobile. Spotlight going on, okay. Neat. Damn, that's some that's some sick stuff going on. It's gonna be a bunch of art installations. Makes sense. Okay, here we go. The insider verse stuff. This was what I was looking for, and of course, this is the most poorly worded section that I can barely. <laughs> of course, read. of course, dude. Jesus Christ, space out the goddamn lines, IG. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, we're getting a visualizing Gotham tour. Uh, There's going to be a production design team breaking down different aspects of different uh, Gotham based stuff from different shows. That's neat. That's cool. Going deep into the world of Aquaman. Gotham by Noir Light, 
a cinematogra- cinematography of crime fiction. That's dope. Yeah, whole bunch of whole bunch of cool stuff. Oh, they're reshowing pilots of shows. They're gonna show the Supergirl pilot. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting choice. Oh, they're gonna be showing stuff from that uh that Robin thing where you can decide the fate oh, of Jason. Oh, finally. Yeah, sick. <laughs> I love that DC's bringing us new and innovative ways to kill Jason Todd. Whatever it takes. Hopefully, it's in the next <laughs> video game, so we can choose to kill him there too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that was a uh, that was it for the DC fandom stuff. Anything you looking uh, looking forward to, especially? Uh, definitely that origami segment. <laughs> That'll be good. Uh, pretty much all the big ones on the hero stage for sure. Those right. are all cool. Some of the insider stuff sounds cool. I definitely actually do want to do the Jim Lee draw along. Yeah, that, that sounds like that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's some, there's a lot of neat shit in there. Yeah, whole bunch of whole bunch of neat stuff, and I feel like this is already a good sign that there's just a already schedule of content for yes. the entire event. Yeah. I don't have to really go look and search anywhere. That's what happened when we were doing the San Diego Comic Con. That was thing. worse. It was like, where is everything? Where am I going? Is this on Twitch? Is this on YouTube? Where am I streaming this? Yeah, that was very poorly executed. <laughs> um, also, I mean, I don't know if this is their fault directly, uh, but I feel like we should mention it again. What happened to the goddamn Image Comics panel? Yeah, what the hell was that? That was, that was rough. I really hope DC learns the lesson... Get stronger moderators or interviewers, people yeah. who aren't afraid to kind of step push, in, push yeah, things along. Yeah, yeah, push things along because I don't know if you guys listen to the schedule. This is tight. Yeah, it's fifteen tight. minutes, fifteen minutes, thirty minutes. Like it's not, it's not a lot of room for lollygagging here. So if we have a whole panel about the Black Adam movie that's only thirty minutes, I would hope you know we get cool trailer. Hope the, you know the Rock's gonna get his shit off. Yeah, and then get into as many questions as possible. Yeah, like that's that's what this should be like trailer, <clears throat> some talky talk, as many questions as possible. Yep. Totally agree. I also am hoping for, you know, now we're talking about moderators and stuff, hoping they bring back some of the DC Daily crew. Oh, to do some my God, dude, questions. don't don't play with the feels like, like that. I know. Right. But I feel like that makes a lot of sense. <sighs> They're already doing this. They know this world and they have a fan base. It's it just would be such a nice thing to do to see them again doing these kind of things. I think I would have an inverse reaction. I think I would riot. Oh, uh, because now this is the thing that we lost. So yeah, it, dude. It kind of hurts. Well, because then everyone, everyone's going to be like, oh, these people are cool. Yeah. Like, oh, this is sick. Hector Navarro, you know, former DC the Daily man. correspondent. What do you mean former? Oh, there's no more DC Dailies? Why? Yep. This guy's sick. Yeah. It's going to be frustrating. It's already what? weird. I've seen like Whitney Moore doing like hawking some Sandman shit. I can't yeah. remember. I saw it like on a Facebook thing. Yeah, she's doing like, a Sandman read along or something. Is that, dude? Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully they get brought back into the fold and they do some stuff. That'd be neat. They should definitely be a part of this. I feel like DC would really drop the ball if they are nowhere near this. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It would be a huge mistake. At the very least, some of the ones who are very consistent, like Clark, like Hector, like Shump. 
Amy, Whitney. Amy, yeah, Whitney. The, the crew. Those, you know, the, I think that was the core five. Yeah, those are definitely the core. Like, you, you want to see them involved with something like this. So. For sure. But we'll see. All right. I think I think that's it. I think that's it. Uh, remember, August 22nd, first event's popping off at 1 p.m. Woo! Strap in. It's going to be a fun, geek, nerd-filled day of a whole bunch of bullshit. And Bro. Probably very little of the things you actually want to know, True. and a whole bunch of stuff that you had no idea you wanted to know, but you're glad you heard about. Dude, we got to put together a drinking game for that. Oh God, I mean it's a it's a long event. Oh yeah, <coughs> finish a drink every time Marv Wolfman shows up. The legend. Shit, we're gonna be dead. <laughs> Wait till it's Marv Wolfman who's in charge of the origami panel. <laughs> That's his thing. I bet. I bet you he just sits at home folding paper and shit. That seems like the kind of thing he would do crazy old man gotta love him i love him so much dude <laughs> infinite respect but damn dude now you're gonna make me disappointed when it's not him doing the origami and you fold this side <laughs> over the top and there is that's how you make supergirl's corpse i was gonna, I was gonna say and then and then you unfold it and, then, <laughs> and it's when i kill the flash <laughs> <laughs> they'll never let me forget <laughs> those bastards I love that guy. Uh, he's so fucking cool, dude. <laughs> oh, he's the man. All right. That's it. That's it for the DC fandom topic. Ugh. Only right we move into moving to the books. Mm. Might as well start off with DC since we're here. Let's do it. If you're a Marvel fan, I'm sure you've been loving the last <laughs> <laughs> a couple minutes. Tell tell your boys to get a fandom. Where's the Marvel fandom? Yeah. Tell me the the the, the house of mouse can't give you guys little little streaming event. I'm sure it's got to be in the works, right? Yeah, well now it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're so right. <laughs> All right, should we should we start off with it with the obvious? Let's start off with the big bad boy. All right, the legend of the Dark Father. The Dark Father, DC Death Metal number three. Scott, what was his name? Yeah, Scott Slaughter Snyder and Greg Gorlord Capullo. Gorlord's a high level one. I love that one. Back at it again with the third addition to the Death Metal series. And it, dare I say, this may have been the most flat out entertaining issue so far. Oh, I think you'd be more than accurate to say that. Okay, perfect. I think it's dead on. I mean, starting off with this. Wonder Woman holding a Swamp Thing shield. Oh, yeah. With the Batrocitus. Okay. The bat- Batrocitus, <laughs> the Bat Silver Surfer, and so then the, the Bat Brainiac. The Bat Brainiac looks like a badass. Okay. Oh so God. I'm kind of upset. The Collector. That the Bat Brainiac isn't a bigger thing. All um, right. Yeah. I, I kind of hate that it's just like this whole, this one panel thing. Maybe he's been a thing in other places. Yeah. Or maybe he will be at some point, hopefully. But uh, I feel like Bat Brainiac isn't something you just kind of gloss over. No. You know, yeah, that should be a bigger thing for that's sure. That's pretty high level. But uh, like you said, continuing on, we get the, uh, <laughs> what do they call them? The, the Para-Robins? The Para-Robins. And then them doing the cheesy fucking Holy Boom Bam-Bam. Holy Kill Batman. <laughs> Them doing the little golden age cheesy lines was so fucking hilarious. Like, I actually laughed out loud when that shit popped up. I was blown away. Harley Quinn mentions the branding. The 
They have that whole argument about bats being tacky. <laughs> and then our boy Scott Free is the one who designs the the cage for Superman. It's I love perfect. that. I also love that. Also love that. I'm pretty sure that's the head of the anti monitor. Yeah, it certainly fucking looks like it, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's that pretty sad sick. face on it. On the, <laughs> the goddamn elliptical. <laughs> Uh, if I'm so, sorry if you guys can't see what we're talking about, you gotta you gotta grab your copy of Death Metal when we start going through this because oh, it's, yeah, it's hard to describe the visuals because they're absurd. Oh man, the fact that Swamp Thing started off as a shield and ended up as Harley's hammer. Oh, it's perfect. Love that. It's perfect. Um, so anyway, the 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 story. Um, our heroes <laughs> have have seized uh apocalypse. Which is obviously run by the dark side version of Batman and oh sorry, the dark side plus high father version of Batman, yeah. which is of course Dark Father. Terrifying. So cool. I you know, I hate that Scott Snyder is essentially admitting to him just being on the Reddit boards. Oh yeah, I just he's, he's deep into the Batman who laughs Reddit. He's all up in the dark multiverse lore. He's putting everything here that you thought could have possibly ever existed. You know, I'm looking that this particular panel where he pulls the gun on him. Yeah. Um, in the top right there, really looking like our Frank Miller Bat Boy. One thousand percent in the best way oh yeah really liking how they lean into that there definitely reminiscent of dark knight batman definitely seems like a kind of wink and a nod oh yeah for sure and then of course (laughs) the dark father tries to zap him zap batman (laughs) with a energy beam Mm -hmm. like the omega beams that will send him back in time but instead of sending him back in time it will remove him from time yeah the beam does not work for a reason, which we will get into a little bit later. Uh, and the now free Superman one shots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one shots the Dark Father. Easy game. Because, <laughs> of course, he does. And I saw someone's like, oh, I'm kind of upset that, you know, we get this cool character, Dark Father, then he gets one shot by Superman. I'm like, shut up. Right. What are you like? What are, what are you talking about? We just got this fucking dark side high father Batman, and he's he, thank God he's gone now. What do you right. mean? Yeah, that has so problem. many other implications. Yeah, let's not let's not dwell on that one. Yeah, it could have been a way bigger problem than it should have been. Yeah, we definitely. And then of course that big interesting moment with the uh, the double secrets, the Bruce and yes. Soup secrets. What, what is being held back from Diana? So. This is what I wanted to talk to you about specifically, mm-hmm. because I have an idea about what this is. Oh, let's hear it. I think Scott Snyder is referencing his other Batman. Really? I think he's referencing Last Night on Earth's Batman. That would be interesting. I think that Superman knows this isn't our Bruce Wayne. I think no one else knows. I think it's. Uh, I think they're gonna make the play. On, um, because kind of like what you said about uh, um, Frank Miller's Batman, yeah, uh, with uh, Dark Father being an, a nod, a no to that. I think it's it's working in harmony. I I think they're gonna tie it in with the heartbeat. I think Superman is gonna recognize that this Batman's heartbeat is not the same as the Bruce that he knows, mm-hmm. and this is obviously not something that anyone else could possibly pick up on, right. besides our Clark. Yeah. 
So Clark is going to kind of play along with everything that's going on just because he knows, you know, it would do more harm than good for him yeah. to confront Batman, quote unquote, about this right now. That's my that's my hard, hard guess. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I mean, clearly. So all we know for sure is that because the way that the Dark Father's weapon worked oh, was right. that it. <laughs> erase you from history because it's been tuned to your life force. Mm-hmm. So we know that it is tuned to the Bruce Wayne of earth zero as is being referenced. Uh, and that life force. Right. So the only thing we know is that it's not that, that, uh, that this Batman we've been running with is not the Bruce Wayne of this earth zero. Or was he wearing the bat block? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Piece of shit. You can't just put bat in front of anything. I mean, I like the uh uh black bat bat blocker. Easy, dude. <laughs> Easy game. So yeah, I love that uh Scott Snyder is uh leaving a not so subtle uh potential breadcrumb right here, right yeah. there. Uh which which is kind of funny because it is something that you can kind of forget about and miss in the grand scheme of this whole book. Sure. But this is definitely something that we will have to talk about and we will definitely be referring to at another point in time. Oh yeah. It's gonna be important. Uh, speaking of importance, we transition into Lobo. In the fifth dimension, murdering <laughs> cartoon people. Doing the Lord's work, and we'll I... see who the who the Lord is later, if you if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah, we got the Robin King coming in. Hell yeah. Meeting our Flashes and the JSA um, during their reunion, and he gets creepy as shit these are actually the panels that uh snyder revealed on his instagram yep yeah with how creepy the robin king was saying that he had a way to kill every single member of the dc universe essentially in his utility belt it's a little weirdo super creepy super weird kind of didn't like that he didn't do anything though yeah he didn't do anything did he talked a lot of a lot of noise talked a lot of there. noise and then you know he released the uh the five tails bat jinchurki oh my god um all <laughs> <laughs> <that> right <laughs> that's what it is i'm gonna i'm gonna keep talking about it if <laughs> scott Snyder is gonna keep doing it dude oh he's confirmed that he's a weeb oh yeah big weeb energy and like i said the robin king unleashes the batman who laughs or man, bad Hatton, bad Hatton, whatever the darkest, the darkest night, night, the darkest night. Almost forgot his name. The edgiest edge. Onto the flashes, they're running away. Nice. That's all they do. <laughs> That's all they do. Literally they're, all three of them. It's like, you guys, think what are you thinking? I'm thinking run. And then they're all like, oh man, he's pretty fast. I'm like, <laughs> don't don't do this. <laughs> don't tell me you gotta run faster than you ever have before. Not all of you. <laughs> they all have to run faster than each of them has ever before. So I'm, I, I'm only assume this little graphic we get at the bottom of that page is going to be the first splash of speed metal where we get Probably. the darkest night running after them into a whole new other book. <laughs> and then after that, we get, we get it, dude. We get, we get the splash. Oh anyway, yes. The big panel with happy face big happy faces superman meeting everyone you want to see almost Dude, really us really everything we Dude, wanted to see the more i looked at this the more i was like holy shit dude this scott is for us listens to the pod yeah made sure I, one made sure he had every lantern essentially because that that's who we care about yep uh martian manhunter yeah nightwing 
Raven. Dude, shoulder to shoulder, Animal Man and Mr. Terrific. Come on. Like, are you serious? Like, this is one of the most us things. We got the Vixen chin in the background mm-hmm. and the steel cover as well. Um, also, oh, yeah. Ollie and, and Dinah, like... I didn't like how you cut off all the black characters' heads in this panel, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> We got John Stewart. I know, I know you, you did him some more justice a couple pages, but I think this one could have handled a little bit cleaner. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I appreciate you, but I think it could have handled a slight little bit better. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. But no, honestly, this was this was an amazing page. This is one that you know you just kind of stare at, and like you said, it's it's kind of eerie how on the nose this is for us. As a as a collective specifically, literally us too. With the lanterns there, with with Animal Man and Miss Terrific right next to each other, with Booster Gold behind them, with the yep. Plastic Man poking his head in, Martian Manhunter, and you know it's just it's perfect. Yep, it's truly perfect. And then in a couple more pages, we get you know Vixen with the hair up, beautiful. Um, we get the back of Steel's head. I don't know why. Okay, here we go. Yeah, we got a full steel shot. Mm. So, like I said, Greg, I, I'm not complaining. I know you got it. I know, I know you handled your business. I'm just saying, you know, if we're gonna have the weird, awkwardly sized panel on the first page, just just open it up a little bit. There you go. And uh, we get the full breakdown of what Wonder Woman wants to do with uh, with the whole team now, and uh, <laughs> it's ambitious to say the least it's like she had a stroke so she's <laughs> i don't know if that was your plan or if you're having a stroke <laughs> dead on it so uh essentially the plan breaks down as to she wants john stewart and lanterns to take down the uh, remaining antennas on earth i forgot what those are doing i guess those are anti-christ energy tuning fork yeah the the, you know marv wolfman yeah i remember that sure uh and then martian manhunter and his team who hasn't been revealed to us is going to go after the throne wherever that is i'm sure i'm supposed to know where that is but you know it's it's somewhere because they're going to be going under castle bat with with wonder woman hell yeah to find the portal (laughs) as they would (laughs) to Ooh. <laughs> they gotta go into the dark multiverse. I'm sorry to redirect the energy, dude. It's easy. It's first grade stuff, SpongeBob. This is I I love it, dude. It's so good. I I love it. And at no point do they stop because right after that, we get the key to this whole plan. Oh my god, yes. He was always the key. He was always meant to be the key. Snyder told you. He was the key Iconic. years ago. We get our boy back, Jaro, formerly Starro, <laughs> in the most heart-touching moment since they brought back Wally and he had that hug with, with Barry. This is it. I'm going to put it on wax right now. Jaro, best Robin. Dude, um, <laughs> it goes Jaro, Joker's head in a jar. <laughs> Then Dick. Then Dick. And that's it. Uh, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. But yeah, like S- Scott, like we said earlier, is having the time of his life and he truly does not care how you feel about it. And he's he's, he's paying off himself at this point, really, 
with the with the general callbacks Brilliant. with 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 the uh, Lannon showing up with the fucking metamorpho eyes bugging out in this panel behind Diana you know it's it's everything it's truly everything Jonah Hex it's it's a lot and after it's all said and done and we get the uh the end of the um our heroes meeting we come back to our true hero mm-hmm. the main man Lobo and what is he doing He's got a box. Death box. The death box, truly. Containing what is believed to be death metals. We did it, dude. <laughs> we called this. Yeah, we did. And who's and who's orchestrating this? The one and only. Alexander the Sex Man Luther. Luz, Lucifer Luthor. Lucifer Lucifer. Lu, Lucifer Lex Lex Thor. Galaxy Lu- Luther. <laughs> Alexander Galaxy Brain Luther. Galax Lee Luther. Yeah. Well, we knew, it only makes sense that yes. su- that Superman's centric death metal ends with a with Lex Luther finally being put back into play. Absolutely. And, and yeah. And this is obviously gonna so this this is where I'm gonna be a little confused. Because now because I mean I was gonna do this anyway because it it's only makes sense considering that we're gonna be embarking on this death metal journey. But there's no way all of this is going to be wrapped up. Oh no! In the next issue, like oh no, everything is going to be spread out in those tie-ins. I think we're getting we're getting all three of the setups for those three tie-ins. We get the speed metal tie-in in the front. We get the Trinity tie-in in the middle, and then we're getting the Justice League Doom Metal tie-in in the back. And then those three, uh, those three events will obviously spill out from what we saw here, essentially. Yeah. So we got, but I just like I can't even believe it. I mean, I should. It's so easy. It's, it was too easy. The fact the death metals, we called it. Refer back. Thank you, random wiki page that brought me to the place I needed to be. Thank you, Chemo. Thank you, Dan Didio. For really spoiling it, actually. Yeah, kind of. You, you self-centered fuck. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, just by chance fall, stumbling onto that. And then like, lo and behold, I look it up. There are, interestingly, at oh. least in this, if you look up like the, the members of what the Death Metal Men were. Okay. Um, It's kind of difficult because a lot of them are just the Metal Men. But in this panel, it says specifically Uranium, Strontium, Thorium and radium, which is only four. Right. And Lex specifically says there are five boxes. Are you? Wow. So. Huh. I'm interested to see if I'm just wrong. Uh, But I can't imagine that's the case at this point. I mean, he literally said death metal. No, I think I think you're more right than a lot of people right now. I think because even even if you're not. We got more of an inside track on most people. Yeah. Just from the fucking metal men thing. Weirdly because, enough. Because they are intrinsically tied to nth metal. Yeah. Though that's the whole reason I've been sticking with the damn book <laughs> was because they had the balls to be like nth metal man. I'm like, this has got to be important for something. Right, guys? Right. Right, guys? And it is not important in the way we thought it would be. But, uh, yeah, that would be really interesting uh, if that was the way that goes. And then, I mean, the way the... 
the skull and crossbones on the box is, mm. is very reminiscent of something you'd imagine is like a symbology associated with something radioactive or whatever. Absolutely. So I, I would make that jump. And we already have a death metal men. And Lex says in the boxes are the death metal. So it's like, it, I don't know. It seems like it's obvious to me. That's probably why I'm wrong. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. No one's reading metal men. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's obvious to anyone, dude. I don't I not, not, not show me a singular podcast. <laughs> Dude, why so, uh, one YouTube creator making the Dan Didio Metal Men to Scott Snyder Death Metal Links? You show me, bro. We did it. You know, we started off this podcast <laughs> talking about Justice League Odyssey <laughs> and how that would impact the overarching <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay DC universe. Mm-hmm. Now, you know that may have gotten you know curtailed. Due to you know factors outside of our control, but they tried. They tried. <laughs> they one hundred percent tried. Those bastards. I I will venture to say they got canceled because they were flying too close to the oh, sun. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're they're full on Icarus mode. They were like, listen, guys, these characters, these characters starting to matter again. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we can't just have them playing with time like this. I'm a huge fan. Guys, shut it down. Shut it down. Anyway, Death Metal Three was sick. Decimal 3 was sick. It continues on being one of the most fun rides. Such a blast. It is it is better than the Empire event. Oh, yeah. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. even come close. This is, it's kind of weird that how... It, Empire's on number five right now. That blows my mind. And there's also been more tie-ins for Empire than, than Metal. Yeah. There's been like one for Metal so far, right? Because so, uh, all we've had is the Legends of the Dark Knights. So, that is directly yes. tied to it, right? Yeah. Yes. The next one comes out this week. There's going to be the the speed or doom. No, it's the, the multiverse other. guide. Oh hell yes! The death, the dark multiverse guide thing. Big fan. Yeah. Not to be confused with the one that was recently announced. There's going to be a die a guide to the dark multiverse. That is confusing. Right. So got to work on that. So I guess so the. <laughs> The death, the death metal guidebook is like what it is. It's literally breaking down all the parts of death metal, sure. Expanding upon you know some of the different Batman, some of their stories, stuff like that. Sure. The guide to the dark multiverse, the metal, the dark metal verse or whatever, is going to be actual stories that take place in these different dark multiverse like multiverses. Sure. And how those stories have trickled into the death metal story. Sure. So yeah. Don't don't get that confused. Or do, because if neither of them are likely to actually matter yeah. in the in the grand scheme of things. So, you know. I I highly doubt outside of those three big tie ins, speed metal, uh the Trinity and uh obviously the Justice League Doom Metal stuff. Yeah. I highly doubt any of the tie-ins will be like necessary reading. Yeah, probably not. Which I'm fine with. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm totally fine Pretty with that. I prefer it. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely one of those things where it's like have as much fun as you want to, dude. If you want to go out and buy the you know metal guidebook, do that. If you care about Bat Brainiac, you know uh, who doesn't? That's we'll check him out. But if you don't, if you fucking hate Bat Brainiac, fuck you know, him. He was only there for a panel. You'll Literally. never see him again. Jonah Hex. Unkillable God. Dude, Joey Hex is the fucking man. Yeah, seriously. All right, what else we got? Um, 
I'll get into mine. Wonder Woman, 760. Uh, we haven't talked about 759. We were off on our hiatus during that time. Um, I won't talk too much about that one. It was a typical kind of first issue. Move Diana back to D.C. for whatever reason after she just moved to Boston. Perfect. Uh, and we met our big bad for this arc, which is going to be Maxwell Lord. And we're going <laughs> to... And we're going to be diving into the idea of truth. And what is truth? Who defines truth? Uh, Diana's truth versus someone else's truth. If these things are sounding familiar, it's because these are the things that we just did in Steve Orlando's run. Nice. But, you know, I'm so glad that we're in, quote, such a good space with Wonder Woman right <laughs> now, unquote. So glad that we've, quote, breathed new life into this character, unquote. Finally. You know, it's it'd be so sad and unfortunate if we began to retread water that we have already spent multiple months treading right after we. <laughs> yeah, that'd be bad, wouldn't it? Right after we did that. But, you know, it's fine because it's a new creative team. And, you know, it doesn't matter because if you didn't read the stuff before it. it Fuck you. It, exactly. So <laughs> this one would uh, it's 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 kind of cliche in, in a way. Uh, we got some secret mind control going on. Love it, right? Uh, weird stuff's happening. The guy working a uh, working the crane with the with the cement ball on it. Classic, right? It's it's Play it's that you know goofball. that nut. <laughs> it, the only thing that made me not scoff at it is my Michael Yannon is crushing the art. I want you to look at this scene right here. It's he's, oh wow, he's he's doing his thing. Like he is, I can't lament the art at all. The art has been fantastic. The fight scenes have been incredible. Diana looks great, um, except for that one weird smile towards the back. But I won't talk about that one too much. I'll give you a pass on that one. Yep. Uh, and then, like, you know, she saves him. The guy's like, ah, yeah, I don't know what was going on. Something took over my mind. He doesn't say that. But, you know, it's it's the obvious. And then we go back and Diana's talking to, you know, her new friend who is going to be the new villain, Liar Liar. And. Liar, liar goes into her new spiel again, and we find out that she's an orphan. Her parents died in a car accident, of course. Um, and I'm 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 only saying this the way I'm saying this because, duh, right? Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> the, you, you know, like this is parademons. <laughs> oh yeah, the parademons were cool. Uh, kind of. You'll see why. Just keep just keep flipping. It's 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 painfully cliche. Uh, Diana is attacked by these parademons that turn out to not be parademons. They are actually soldiers. Of course, they're actually soldiers because you know the the uh, someone did the cool guy thing and brain controlled you know Diana without her knowing about it and forced her to attack civilians. So it seems to be. Uh, prior to this, she met with Maxwell Lord, and Maxwell Lord was telling her, "Hey, you know, there's someone, someone mind controlling people. It's not me, you know. Even though that's my power, it's not me. I'm not doing it." And she's like, "But you're doing it. You're doing it right now. It was all these bad guys, you know, <laughs> surrounding me. It was like, oh well, yeah, I'm doing it now, but that's for me to show you that it's not me doing it before. Yeah, you that's know? fair. <laughs> that checks out. And he's just like, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna cut, you're gonna need my help." You know, and I'll be here, you know, waiting for you. Uh, I just, you just need to trust me because there's not going to be, what's what I'm looking for? 
you're not going to be able to solve this the way you usually solve the things that you solve. Nice. Punching. Essentially. And love. And, uh, <laughs> justice. And so now, I, I, I sound like I'm at a loss for words because there wasn't much going on in this one. And I'm trying to find a way to make it sound like I'm losing interest in it already mm-hmm. because not much has happened. But if I can already start to project the way that it's going to go and it goes the way that I think it's going to go, then I'm mm-hmm. not going to like this. Sure. I'm, I'm, I don't want secret mind control. I don't Nobody want, likes that. you know, I, let me find out as Dr. Fucking Psycho because Mariko <laughs> Tamaki liked the Harley Quinn show. You know there what I mean? Go. Like, th- sure. That's cool. I guess synergy. Uh, but between the secret mind control being the play and them doing the thing from the Justice League show and by Diana beats up the civilians, uh, beats up the soldiers because you thought they were bad guys. That was kind of a cool callback, but also duh. Um, and then like the whole liar liar being the new uh, villain who was also an orphan, who was also Diana's neighbor, who she's developing a relationship with. For no other reason than she's just over at her apartment now. There you go. Uh, and then the whole thing with Maxwell Lord saying you like like I you have to ask me to help you. Like I have to be the one to help you, even though you know so many other people that have telepathic powers. Right. Like there's I, I get it. Like it's a, just a Wonder Woman book, and we have to pretend like the the Justice League doesn't exist and blah 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 blah. But do we have to make the leap that she has to ask Maxwell Lord for help? Yeah, of all people. Like, that's quite the leap. And I get it. He's going to be in the movie in Synergy. Synergy. But, you know, at least try to make it a thing. And maybe she is. Maybe it's going to be revealed later why he just kind of shows up. But it's been two issues. And we've gotten Maxwell Lord just being kind of creepy with no true explanation. Perfect. So there we go. The Wonder Woman 760. If you're liking it, keep reading it. If you're not, then I know why. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep reading it because, like I said, I, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's going on. I haven't been reading Wonder Woman that long. I don't feel like I should hop off right now. Uh, but I'm not overly excited about what's going on at the moment. Fair enough. Yeah, that was all I had on the DC side for this week, actually. Gotcha. Well, I have a couple things. Okay. So, should start with this just to get it out of the way because I've heard that the streets <laughs> have demanded this. <laughs> Still working. Perfect. Okay, the streets. And boy, I don't know what streets you heard that from, <laughs> but. <laughs> I would stay off of them. It was it was the, the the Twitter streets, dude. Those people are weird, and that's why they liked it. And guess what? I'm weird too. Hell yeah! And I I loved this. Hell yeah! This dude. is easily the best issue that they've done. <laughs> he's done so far. It was so good. I loved having the stakes from the previous Green Lantern sit uh, from five. We, if Finally. you don't remember, uh, to if you're wondering what that was, that was when after our brief adventure. Through space and time with Barry, uh, our hero Hal comes back to a frozen space and time in our present on our Earth, and he gets his ass kicked by Ultraman and the 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 dog. I think his name was Cyclone or Twister or something like that. Anyway, 
And then that dog died. And it was Whoa. killed by a cat that was a bird, man. I don't know if you're remembering this, but they, no. <laughs> they, they murdered that dog. And it was crazy. Jesus. And then Ultraman was pissed as hell. He was like, you killed my dog. <laughs> and so he started to just whoop an ass. And the ring almost died. The ring almost <laughs> died. And Hal almost died. And it was a whole lot of things happening. And there was something about a hyper war. That's on pause right now. But the ramifications from this are in full effect. Hal is in a hospital. He is on, he's in, on Sector General. Which is this me? floating Holy spaceship shit. hospital thing. This looks wild. The Oh, yes. And I will say, which this honestly doesn't even need to be said anymore. Liam Sharp's art oh my God. is flawless. We meet this goofy lion man. Uh, as you can see there, what he the is f- a goofy lion man. And he turns out to actually be maybe the most OP goofy lion man that's ever been depicted in a comic book. As you can see from this. What? Now, what I'm showing Chris is this lion man who was this goofy hipster looking dude in a medical gown going full Super Saiyan and ripping the head off of a cyborg from the reverse verse. Excuse me? You heard that correct, folks at home. These are beings of antimatter. And you can tell that because when they speak, <laughs> their words are backwards, like Zatanna. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's great. Not only that, they're OP as hell. One came through and bodied like six lanterns with no effort. Just boom, dead, 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 dead. Scrapping them. Scrapping them. Absolutely horrifyingly powerful. These antimatter monsters. And terrifying looking. Holy sh- Okay, that actually is kind of, whoa. Kind of scary, right? Yeah, dude. He's super also jacked. Super jacked. Very large boy. I'll show you him next to Hal. We got our boy Rick here. The Salt Lantern. Also, the Hard Cannon as the best lantern in continuity. <laughs> the Hard Cannon. Uh, there's a really cool moment in here where Hal um, uses one of the dead. His lantern is being is receiving some kind of medical treatment. His ring is receiving treatment. So he doesn't have it with him, of course. And so he <sighs> finds the lantern bodies because the whole ship's being attacked by these antimatter beings. Yes. Finds the lantern bodies and one of the rings is going is leaving to find its new host, right? And Hal overrides the ring's programming to wear the ring and he kind of gets like a pseudo ring to use in the meantime. And it's interesting because that ring is has I know, right? <laughs> That ring has memories about how it was just being used by its previous bastard, you know, whatever user, person, whatever, whatever you want to call it, his lantern post. And it was like talking to Hal and Hal's like, I need a hand. And Ring's like, well, my old guy, we used to do like real intricate constructs and shit. And Hal's like, I need a hand. Just like make a giant fucking hand. And the ring made him like this really like neat, intricate hand. But I, I really like that concept that these rings develop their own personalities and quirks yeah. off of their users and stuff. And so Hal picking up the dead guy's lan- lantern ring yeah. and having to go in and the lantern ring's like, I don't really do it like this. He's like, well, I don't either. So I guess no one's happy. No, uh, I do like that. That's a cool little little uh, fold that he's neat. added in. Yeah, exactly. And so he also and it, it creates some interesting tension there because he's trying to get his original lantern ring. Back. Right. And so we want to see that. And there's a lot of really neat little things in this hospital. This whole 
issue is done so well. I don't even know who this guy is, but he's sick. There's just some cool, Whoa. cool stuff going on. Are these oh. red lanterns? No. Oh. <laughs> like, what are they're antimatter beings? We they could be some kind of lantern. Whatever they are, they are very powerful. They are blowing holes in dudes, man. They are they are they are wrecking folks. So Shit, it's okay. really cool to see. And it ends in a great way with these little uh, star men in, in suits helping Hal beat up one of the antimatter people. Okay, I love that. So that's pretty much what you need. Oh, and then the whole thing is crashing. The the general. Oh yeah, because uh, it crashes, Hal dies. Hal <laughs> Hal is dead, and uh, he shows up at the end. <laughs> the guardians are like, "What a mess." What? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Guardian direct quote. Uh, you, you can't say we didn't warn you, Lantern Jordan, but you have a reputation for not listening, bold, to maintain, uh, don't, didn't you? How does it feel to be dead? Hal's response, again? <laughs> and he looks like, what's really interesting, I think it's just for a cool effect, he looks kind of like Spectre there. Dude, he totally looks like Spectre there. Right? Yeah, it's um, definitely, definitely a little, little wink and nod. Yes. Love that look. So, Hal's dead. The the hospital's crashing. He doesn't have his proper ring. There's antimatter people. There's also the Ultra men. There's a lot going on in this book. It's all been fantastic. The art is great. It's and this has, been, this has been the best one yet, by far. So, if you're not reading Green Lantern, then pick up six and pretend the other five didn't exist. Because that's probably the best route for you at this point. But it's worth it. If nothing else, then the art is so worth it. But yeah, that's real quick and dirty for Green Lantern. The Green Lantern, Season 2, Issue 6. Wow. Right? Wow. Right? It was good, dude. You're right. The streets were correct. <laughs> that's, that's one of I don't even know what to say. <laughs> streets are wacko, though. Give them that. You got any more on the DC side? Yes. So there are, I have two more, and then there's, do you want to talk about 96 at all? Yeah, yeah, totally. Just to talk about it? Okay. Yeah, well, because 97 comes out this week, so we might as well. Probably should. Yeah, yeah. we can just do a brief one on that. Uh, Batman's Grave. Yes. Uh, Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch. Yes. Issue 9 of 12, getting close to the end here. This one was really fantastic. All I know about this one is that there was an error in it. An error? Yeah. Like a printing error, or it was a, it someone was, made a mistake in the book. It was in the book. It's all um, I don't know which page it was, but there's a page where it looks like there's no man in the Batman costume. It's just the cowl <laughs> and <laughs> no face. <laughs> I don't know if I caught that, and if I I did, maybe I thought it was a artistic choice. But I I love that. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's like the only error in the book. And it's like, it's one of those things where if you're not like looking at it, you, you like, obviously you read it and like, it I wasn't didn't like, catch it. Right. No. It wasn't a big deal. And I only know about it because the internet wouldn't stop talking about it. That's hysterical. Well, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and read it back through again because that's so funny. But yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're again, we're moving towards this, this final confrontation here with the, the with, I think it's Scourge or what the hell is the, this terrorist scorn this okay this man who we're going back to the root of this kind of where it all started which was batman is a victim 
You know, mm-hmm. at his core, that's what makes him a great detective. That's what, at least as in, in Ellis's eyes, that's what makes Batman so good at this. He can put himself in the position of the victims, and so he can understand the moments that led up to their demise. Gotcha. So we are going kind of back into that, because Batman is now, instead of just looking at the the actual murdered victims as victims, he is doing the logical next step of this villain, Scorn, is another victim. Gotcha. He is functioning. His family was killed by the police, or his or his father was killed by the police, and so he is he is a victim in itself. He has lost all this, and so him and Batman have this kind of kinship right. in that in that sense. Okay. So Batman is starting to push down that route, and he is trying to kind of metagame scorn with the whole like, oh, you know, Jim wants to like push it like push the name out, push the information out to the media. Batman's like, no, the best thing we have is that he doesn't know that we know who he is, Mm, that kind of thing. So he's trying to like play with that, but how long can he do this? And Jim's like, we know this guy, we need to take him down. He's a fucking terrorist. First cerebral game we're playing right now. Yeah, he's doing the detective mind games with his with his prey. And I really am enjoying that. The writing is is great. The dialogue is great. The story pacing has been great. The art has been consistently fun and and solid. And again, there's a lot of what's become kind of a staple of this, the visual storytelling. Yeah. There are multiple pages again of panels with no words and just just great art. We, well, a lot of people have been suggesting that that might have been a uh, a choice on DC's part to limit the Ellis involvement mm-hmm. or showing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would I would agree with that. If it wasn't for the fact that we, in previous issues, going back to the first one, right. had situations where we had large chunks of story well, with think, no narrative. Like that was something that you have been uh, consistently talking about um, during uh, throughout your time reading yeah. this book. That there are some times where like there's almost like no words. Yes, and absolutely. It's just straight up Batman, Batmaning around. Uh, yeah, I have definitely have mentioned that for sure. Um those are some of the strongest moments too. I right. think those those moments where we can just show Batman being a detective, without having the need to have an inner monologue running per se, right? And just letting those those moments play out in in the silence on the page. I think are really strong. Yeah. And this is uh, no different than that. So, the book itself, there's a whole not really a whole lot to say to be honest. I mean, we are ramping up this situation. Scorn is starting to get antsy, starting to make mistakes. But at the same time, a lot of Batman is getting pushed to his limits. Like he's right. getting the shit kicked out of oh, him. Yeah. His brain wise, he's being pushed to limits. Physically, he's being pushed to limits. He passes out in the Batmobile. He uh, gets almost blown up by a rocket classic. launcher. Like he is, he is in a rough spot at the moment. So yeah. not as bad as Hal, but not great. So Batman's Grave uh, really continues to be a great Batman book. Big fan. Sick. And uh, the other one I want to talk about that I actually don't have in front of me is Justice League Odyssey. Oh, okay. You want me to wait? I'll go grab it real quick. So, we find ourselves at issue 23 of JLO. <laughs> Epic and everyone is fighting. Darkseid is still engaged with the Eschaton in these oh. epic freaking splashes. Who's the artist on this again? Is it right there? Will Conrad, yes. Oh, I, Will Conrad. I was trying to make a note of it because, holy crap, the art has been so good in this book. Yo, Will Conrad, I am slowly realizing, is a fucking god. Um, I'm on his Instagram page, like, every every day now. I've been, like, randomly looking up his stuff on the DC Universe. 
Dude, Dude, he is fantastic. He is extremely impressive. Oh, dude. This looks sick. Yes. The (laughs) fight between Darkseid and the Eskaton is so dope. Yes. Oh, I literally saw that and I was in in my in my bed reading it and I go out loud. Oh hell yeah. (laughs) Oh hell yeah. (laughs) This is this is something else. His dark side is terrifying. Dude, his he's dark massive side is scary and shit. just menacing and epic, and and he has such size to him when he's on the page. He has this true sense of malice. I know with the Omega beams, that's when he's like, "All right, no more playing around with this Eskaton shit. I'm here to take this machine and rewrite all happiness out of the universe." Where the fuck I do? I'm Dark Side, but <laughs> God, his depiction is. Awesome. One yes. of the best I've seen. The fucking... This, the flame with the skull type. I'm like, Love dude. that. Because the fight really did have some weight. Like, he yeah. really struggled with that Eskaton. It, it was a fight fight. And it left Darkseid in position. You don't see him a lot. Yes. Be- and apparently his version of broken and beaten looks like fucking fire coming out of his face and shit. And it's so cool. This is perfect. This is... This is... You know what? This is I haven't read this yet. Just from looking at it, this seems like yep. the perfect issue to come off of the last couple of issues. Oh yeah, because the last one was that the Jessica Cruz one. Yes, spotlight quick... on her and um, Gamma knife. knife. Yep, 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 yep. And then before that was a bit talky as well, because mm-hmm. um, we're getting into uh, finally unleashing the Eschaton. Yes, uh, and everything. So wow. No, this is it. Starts it does it perfectly. It executes perfectly, like you said. We had a lot of kind of us talking. We had a quick aside, jumping back in time. This one starts right off with exactly what we've been waiting for. We get to see Darkseid being a fucking menace <laughs> and a, been one of the most powerful beings in the DC universe, and it's awesome to see. And then they keep that energy up. They keep that pace up, and there's some really great emotional payoffs between Darkseid and Cyborg, Cyborg and Jessica, mm. like all other kinds of stuff. Interesting character moments, and it leads to a very cool spot in the end that makes me really question how this book is going to end in two issues. Or for three. Or three, right? Uh, 26, yeah. 25. Wait, what? Oh, oh this, this is 23. 20, oh, 23. Yeah. oh, okay, sorry. It is two. Literally two more Damn, issues. dude. Yeah. It ends in November. That's great. That's ridiculous. Absolutely Wait a bonkers. Minute. Starfire is dead. Every, a lot of people are dead. Who else is dead? Bro. Uh, the... Others. That's a couple. Azrael is Azrael's dead. dead. Um, Some other big players are dead. A couple other people are just straight up dead. Oh, God. So we got to bring those people back in the next two issues, even though they've been dead for... So far, I've been dead for a minute now, actually. Yeah, she's been what being she dead. Been like 18? 19? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So yeah, Justice League Odyssey. Really good. <laughs> really enjoyed it. I'm excited to see how it's going to come together in the end, but I can't imagine it'll be as satisfying as it could have been, potentially. Oh, absolutely not. It's a real shame. So I don't want to get super into it because I do want you to read it and see the, there are some cool plot moments that don't, aren't worth ruining. Gotcha. So yeah, great book. Hell yeah. You know what else was a great book? Oh yeah. Batman 90th and 6th <laughs> by Jimmy Tinney. And Jimmy <laughs> and Jimmy Jim ends. Joe Jim. Okay, that's good. Jimmy Old, Jimmy Jimmy Timmy and Joe Jim. 
Uh, Jorge Jimenez with the freaking baller art. Dude. Fantastic <laughs> art. Jorge is out here, man. This older Batman in his, like, oh, dude. dawn night suit. Yeah. Uh, which is a moment I want to... I talked with you about that I wanted to kind of bring up real quick into this. That was cool. In the second Death Metal, there's a moment that is, you know, everyone's probably aware of if you read it, mm-hmm. where they put Batman the Last Brain inside of Dr. Bat Manhattan's body. Yes. <laughs> and he mentions how he's not he's gonna change himself from being blue to black mm-hmm. to be the darkest night mm-hmm. because blue is a, is a color associated with dawn mm-hmm. and righteousness and, and a knights and this kind of like chivalric image. Yep. And I didn't put together about that in the new blue bat suit until a little bit after that moment. And so it was really cool to have those like Snyder's words in my ear while seeing our Batman in the future are maybe Batman oh, yeah. in his happy coma dream. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh as in the bat in the blue bat suit. Yeah. Uh very cool. So but of course it is a coma dream or whatever the fuck nightmare. And right. We get some pretty horrific imagery. Yeah, man. Uh yeah, fi- uh I don't want to say finally, because it definitely kind has of, some yeah. been some some weird stuff in here. Mm-hmm. But uh I feel like uh Tynan's finally paying off that whole uh horror element. That he was talking oh, yeah. about before this Batman run started. He wanted to say it's kind of be a kind of superhero horror type vibe to it. Yeah. There were definitely some images in this book that he uh, that evoked that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> lots of snap-necked folks. <laughs> and so we are leaning into what I guess the Joker's been kind of wanting to do, he, which is the classic Batman fuck you play of reliving the worst moment in his life right. his parents dying at the monarch theater after seeing the mark zorro mm-hmm. so we've we know that's been kind of being set up for a minute too because we had seen in previous issues him going the to theaters. buying theaters yeah. getting the old film reels stuff like that mm-hmm. we discover that the joker has been filling the theater with the bodies of his victims as a an additional fuck you to batman wild shit Wild shit. Again, back to the horror that Tinny was talking about yeah. with these essentially like zombie dead corpses, right? That are now going to fight Batman in this in this theater. His his failures brought back to life to haunt him. Yeah, in the place that has always haunted him ever since he was a kid, with his greatest issues and nightmares. So. A lot of those important things. I know it sounds like we just kind of glossed over the stuff, but it was really good. Oh, it was very well done. I really liked it. Like, is that... Can I see it real quick? Absolutely. I just want to make sure I'm not confusing it with... We also had an important moment with Harley where we found out more about her. She is alive. Who could have imagined? She got the cool throat (laughs) scar like we literally said exactly what was going to happen. Literally. With her knee outfit. Doesn't she reference it? Yes, about being like Frankenstein looking or something like yeah. that, and how she's gonna work it into her costume. And I was yeah. like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And I'm like, "Well, there's the there's the McFarlane toy for the Joker War, easy peasy." So um, we got that building up the whole punchline V Harley feel. Uh, so that's good. And then the Go- we really got to see what Gotham looks like in the throes of a Joker War, which is complete anarchy and madness. Kids. With battering axes, murdering full-grown adult gang about the clown members hunter. and stuff like that. Yeah, the clown hunter. Yeah, all kinds of crazy. Oh god, <laughs> crazy craziness happening in this. So, how do you feel about the clown hunter? Uh, that was really <laughs> high. That was pretty high. 
and I cannot be uh, my my thoughts cannot be hidden. Apparently, a lot it's, of people. It was interesting. I go ahead. I say a lot of people are starting to. Uh, I don't want to say they, they use the term lament, but uh, <laughs> some questions are being raised about Tinyan's willingness to create new characters yeah. <laughs> in yeah. Batman. You know, between Punchline. The Underbroker, yeah, the Clown Hunter, um, and the the newest one that was uh, announced that will be appearing in November after uh, the Joker War, the Ghost Maker. Right. Yep. So Clown Hunter, it makes sense, I guess, for what's happening in the moment. <laughs> I suppose I I like the idea that you have this younger character that without. Bruce being able to step in is thrown into this traumatic moment caused by Joker. And so he is taking up what he feels like as a source of justice, which is murder through battering acts. Now, again, it's a little bold to just kind of throw that into the mix. There is a lot fucking going on here. There's a lot going on. Um, The Internet was quick to remind everyone that this was a concept that tried to. To be, that was tried uh, to be tackled. Uh, I no one read it. I mean, I wasn't really reading comics when this happened. Uh, with the whole "We Are Robin" thing. Oh yeah, I remember that. Where uh, was it? Duke? I want to say it was Duke Thompson. Who? Or was it someone else? No, I think it was Duke, who led a team of teens that were essentially the Robins of Gotham, and yeah. they would you know perform. They were essentially the fucking uh, what's the Marvel's Runaways. They were essentially yeah. the fucking Gotham Runaways for the most part. Yeah. Um, if you're wondering why no one read it. And, and like I said, people were talking about the clown hunter because people are reading Batman and clown hunter was, was in Batman. Yep. So of course yep. people are going to talk about it. But like you said, it, it is an interesting idea just to kind of throw in here with everything else. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to be even honestly more of a thing. I kind of thought that was just like to show the insane like levels that Gotham has become where you have people like this walking around yeah. taking care of business while you have these gangs of Joker minions doing crazy shit too. So yeah, but uh, not clown hunters is a whole thing. He's whole last thing going to be a whole thing. Um, might be here to stay depending on <laughs> sure. Depending on fan reception apparently. So we'll see how his variant sells, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. <sighs> just put him up against Robin. Which uh... why would I don't know? It doesn't it doesn't make sense why you would do that or which Robin you choose. But we know that uh, just put him up in a situation. All I know is that some guy calling himself the Clown Hunter better get body by any Robin. I don't give a yeah, fuck. You better. I don't give a fuck who's right. <laughs> <laughs> any no. single one of them. He's murdering folks. All right. So that's it for DC. Is it for DC side? Yep. Uh, the newest Constantine was amazing. Don't even want to get into it because it's oh. sad and I won't bother. But it was really good. Go read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some other stuff that I'll just mention real quick. I won't get into it. Uh, Strange Adventures number four oh, yeah. was fantastic. Uh, that was out uh, during the hiatus. And Far Sector number seven, uh, another fantastic issue um, in the uh, N.K. Jemison yep. run on our newest Lantern. Yeah. Also, DC's two. DC's two. Was f- killer. Yes. Literally killer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah those are just some books that that we miss we'll maybe we'll find some way to work them in at some other time yeah um but like i said those are series that we follow 
and we will be talking about the next issue of those. Oh yeah, no worries. One one thousand percent. I'm gonna go through my Marvel stuff real quick. I had uh, Marauders number eleven by uh, Gary Dugan and Stefano Casili. Casili. And this one, <laughs> this one, this one, I was looking forward to. A lot of people have been looking forward to. Uh, big spoilers. I'm gonna tell you now because you already know. Uh, Kitty Pride's back. We get the return of Shadow Cat Kitty Pride after, yep, <laughs> after she was killed some issues ago, and there was the big concern if she was going to be able to be brought back because you know on Krakoa we have the the fucking Krakoan you know rebirth ritual thing that works for everyone, but it wasn't working for Kitty. She wasn't getting into Krakoa via the portal. No one knew what was going on. We thought, you know, the system was broken because it wasn't working with, with Kitty. But now we were able to figure out what was going on after her whole fake out funeral thing. And a bunch of people. Well, I, I, I'm not going to say that I know anything about traditional Jewish funerals. But <laughs> really, that seems like something you know a lot about. You know, it's funny that you say that because <laughs> some people that know me would think that I yeah, know. About I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but. People were talking about the fact that, uh, so in the beginning, there's a fake out funeral because everyone's kind of given up on trying to bring her back. They've tried to bring her back, I guess, not 17 or 18 times now, and uh, nothing's working. So they give her an open casket uh, with the roses in it. They you know put their body um, off um, at sea, and they set it on fire. That's like a Viking funeral. Right. That, that, was, that was my first thought. I'm like, okay, is this like some kind of like... Because this is like their first funeral on Krakoa because they can bring everyone back. So they're just like, oh, so we don't want to have like a funeral funeral. This is us like giving her to Krakoa until we figure Figure it out. out. (laughs) Nice. Right. And, you know, some people are like on board with it. They kind of understand like we can't just keep the body or you know uh, and we can't just like keep using our resources and time trying to yeah. bring her back and then uh what the f- uh oh yeah so uh i'm completely blanking on her name i want to say emma stone emma frost, emma frost. <laughs> yeah <laughs> emma stone <laughs> uh emma frost she finds uh, Kitty's pet dragon, and of course reads the yeah yeah she has a pet dragon. Um, this is a small dragon. <laughs> Fair. Reads the dragon's mind, figures out that Sebastian Shaw was the one that killed Kitty. We all knew this, but no one else knew because you know he killed her like in secret, and no one could tell the tale because Kitty was dead. Um, but of course the dragon knew. This was <laughs> this was completely stolen from. <laughs> Steve Orlando's Martian Manhunter run where he reads the rind of the iguana and figures out who killed the parents anyway (laughs) so we figure out that Sebastian Shaw killed her obviously and then for some reason Emma Frost decides that she wants to have another crack at Brain Kitty back she telelinks to Charles and says hey like I know we just burned her body you know I know we just cremated the Jewish person but (laughs) We want, want to try again. Um, that was something that the people complained about. They were like, you just set the Jewish chick on fire. How are you supposed to do that? Yeah. And I don't know a lot about it. Apparently, open casket open casket with roses is also a, a no-no in traditional like Jewish funerals. It's probably, I don't know, I feel like there's supposed to be some kind of bread involved. 
Probably. But, you know. Uh, but the fact of the matter was the, the fake out was not very tasteful. Sure. Uh, and, and, and in some ways, I kind of get it because it was a fake out. She's not dead. She's right. literally alive. Yeah. But at the same time, if you want it to be a real fake out, maybe make it feel more real and sure, more sure. accurate to what it should have been. But, you know, I'm not going to harp on something like that because, like I said, the issue did what it was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Brought Kitty back. And the reason why she was able to come back was because Emma Frost figured out that her body wasn't cracking through the 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 egg because her power is to phase through stuff. Ah. So the natural human instinct when you're in the egg is to, is to break out. Sure. Her natural instinct was to com- ignore the egg entirely. So every time they were bringing her like body back, she would just be be still because she had she had no ambition to break through anything because she always phases through stuff. Sure. Okay, and I was like, sense. I was like, sure. Okay. I kind of, I kind of get that. So, uh, Emma like goes into her mind while she's still in the egg and like forces her to like move herself. And as she's moving her, her body just kind of phases through the egg instead of breaking out of it. So she just kind of needed that. That's that push, I guess. Gotcha. So we get her back, uh, you know, she finds out or remembers that Sebastian Shaw was the one that hit first. So now we got the Red Queen and then the White Queen back to face off against the Black King just in time for the Exo Swords event, which is literally all this was for, was to make sure all the chess pieces were in play before the game started. Sure. Um, similarly to uh, X-Force number 11 uh, by Benjamin Percy and... This is just one name, Buzzle Buzzledua, Buzzledua. You got me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got me. Um, this starts off fucking wild. They <laughs> they break down this weird Russian cyborg fleshy thing. Yeah, they do. And the flesh kind of jumps off of it and turns into like this little flesh monster thing. Neat. And then Beast deduces that it's a fucking Russian nesting doll monster because every time they squash one, it sprouts out a literal one. And then, you know, this kind of turns into a thing. Nice. <laughs> as, as you as you would guess. Um, but the real, the real star of this one is Colossus. Which uh. was... Which is dope. Honestly, between Marauders and X-Force, I feel kind of spoiled that I've only been reading both of them since 9, and within the three issues I've read of each, I got Kitty Pride back and a Colossus Spotlight in, in, yeah. in each book. So it's like, there's been people complaining about both of those things. I'm just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Colossus is back. He was off on uh, in the Savage Lands away from X-Force. Um, the, their last mission that he was on, I guess, didn't go so hot. He wasn't feeling too hot about it. That seems to be a common thing um, in the X-Force team. They're doing all this weird like spec op shit that no one's actually really comfortable with. Mm. Um, they're also enlisting mutants who probably shouldn't be on this team because of the moral gray areas sure. that, that they that they uh bring about uh green a or green gray just quit um <laughs> colossus had already quit <laughs> uh, and then we got people like beast who was in charge of this and we've already talked about how his moral compass is being all fucked up by being on the x-force team 
the only people that are really thriving are obviously Domino and Wolverine because they they live in that moral gray area. Sure, yeah. So the the, the dynamics of the team are starting to to truly flesh themselves out, which has been fun. Uh, but like I said, Colossus is back because the the things are attacking Krakoa. It's a full on invasion now with the the nesting dolls. They're fucking shit up. We get this cool, <laughs> get this cool little one page splash of uh, honestly just your favorite X Men. Yep, very clear callback to giant size X Men number one with uh, everyone on the cover of that one being yeah. in this little splash yeah. right here. With so that's Kurt. <laughs> so that's pretty sick. And uh, the the fight scenes were cool. It was cool seeing the gang fuck shit up. That was fun. Um, also love a good, you know, uh, we're being invaded. But, oh, wait, it was actually a distraction issue because that, Iconic. Was, a, that was, of course, the play. We get the whole X-Force and essentially almost everyone on Krakoa that got them pretty distracted. And while, uh, while everyone's busy with that, the Cerebro Sword, which is a thing, course right it's one of the one of the 10 swords that will be featured in the x of swords events the cerebral sword was uh, stolen by one of the little russian nesting monster doll thingies and <laughs> it was transported out of krakoa in a very interesting way in a way that i had to <laughs> had to stop and think about why it happened because uh, like i've said i'm still still kind of new to the x-men thing so i gotta remember the rules and stuff Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's stolen by the little thing stabbing uh, Quentin Choir, aka Kid Omega, stabbing him through the through the chest, and then kicking him through the portal because only mutants can traverse the portal. Sure. So the little thing that had the sword initially couldn't have gone through with the sword anyway. So he stabs it <laughs> through through Quentin, kicks him through, and then he lands on the other side. Uh, and meet some guy who I'm sure I'm supposed to know. I, I I have I have the utmost confidence that I should probably know who it is, but I have no clue. I have absolutely no idea who he is. But he now has uh, <laughs> the cerebral sword and uh, access to Kid Omega, who obviously is a high level high level mutant. So we'll see Whoa. what the fuck happens <laughs> with that. All right then. Wow. So that was uh, X-Force, number 11. Well, we got Colossus, but we lost the Cerebro Sword. I don't know what any of that means. A net gain for our team. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Maybe. Probably not. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was all I had on the Marvel side. Switching over to the indie stuff. All right, what do you got over there? Well, nothing nothing that I've been reading came out. Okay. But I did pick up the third Rogue Planet. Okay. And did not have a chance. I mean, so I have Texas Blood, Decorum, Bloodshot, Afra, Bleed Them Dry, and Rogue Planet. The only ones I really cared to talk about were Rogue Planet and probably Decorum. Okay, I definitely want to hear you talk about Decorum just because that's definitely one of the bigger books we've been keeping up with. Yes. yes. I know none of these are technically from last oh, yeah, week, yeah, yeah. but I well, just wanted, well, there the, are some that are worth throwing out there. Oh yeah, totally. Well, cause now I feel like I just didn't want us to harp too much on all the DC stuff that There's we had missed ton. just because that was a lot as terms as the, uh, the indie stuff goes. Yeah. You know, free reign. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you want to go first? 
Oh, no, you can go. I just, I just talked a bit. <laughs> All right, rock and roll music. So the first one we'll do is probably the best one of the collection for sure. Decorum 3. Decorum 3, for the first time in the history of this comic book, is a story with a start and a middle and an ending. Uh, and it's and it's co it's cohesive and it makes sense and there's characters in it <laughs> and they're told and we we find out that the characters are in fact multifaceted people. It's wild, it's revolutionary really <laughs> for the medium that is decorum. <laughs> for the medium that is decorum. I might sound like I'm taking the piss and I am a little bit, but not that much. The first two books, which have been fantastic, have also been very non-linear in yeah, a lot yeah. of different ways. We jump around the galaxy. Actually, I should probably probably say universe. Yeah. I, I don't know how expansive some of these things are. Right. We potentially jump around time. We're talking about religious sex, guilds of assassins, this courier chick. We're talking about these other people, like this 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 church. There's a lot happening in those first two books, and. Not a lot of it comes together in a in a really cohesive way. That doesn't detract from how good they are. They're really quite good. In three, it is basically a cut and dry story of our our main assassin chick and her young ward, the courier. She is being taken to a place that is unironically no bullshit called. The Sisterhood of Man. Oh yes, I love that. Which is love everything about that. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's so good. It is a an, a Themyscira like paradise yes. uh, populated solely by women who assassinate the shit out of things. Let's go. Really dope. Really cool splash for that to show it off. Oh, oh, Some, dude, that's sick. Right? Wait, that's, what? <laughs> I know, right? And we have the classic Huddleston. Jumping between different styles, Ooh, like yeah, a little yeah. more like almost paper girls-y yeah. kind of style there. And then we have like the quick big splashes of, of just sci-fi incomprehensibility. <laughs> Some crazy stuff to show quick passage of time and space. Perfect. Before we get to the classical, beautiful, I mean, it's just nuts what this guy does. I don't know how this is only one guy. It blows my mind. It's, it's truly something to marvel at. And then we get... A fantastic, like, introduction to our new assassins, including the Courier, which we get fleshed out in a way that has been needed really, really badly. We already, if you've been reading this book, you already love our, our main assassin. Right. She's a badass. She's a stone-cold murderer, but she has some really cool, mysterious stuff going on, on the side. She's got this great, like, classy look to her. Fantastic. The Courier is just kind of like this scrappy kid, you know? Yeah. And so they kind of need a little more fleshing out. And that is done by introducing her with some other new recruits that are the craziest looking aliens, really, that all have these insane body counts. Yeah. Uh, and it's being handled by this this large black woman with an even larger sword. <laughs> Who I adore. Okay, this she is, is good. Like, straight up, like, granny goodness kind of, like, takes no shit. Here's the deal. Like, throwing down. It's fantastic. It's exactly what you want. Fuck you. So, and we get introduced to these other kind of weird-ass characters. One that looks like a, just like this hawk kind of woman. Okay. Pretty normal. One that looks like a giant amoeba. Yes. And then there's the crane, who fucking is terrifying. And they've killed thousands of people. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. <laughs> it looks so cool. That's her in that panel right there. Right? What? I love Huddleston's alien designs. They, they look 
alien. I really don't... I hate that I have to say that. That's probably one of the things that bothers me the most about my favorite science fiction, Star Wars, is that so many of the goddamn aliens look like the, just dudes with old... Like, three different sets of old yeah, 60s man. alien costumes on. And because that's what they were. <laughs> they were... You know, Lucas, he funded himself. No one had any fucking money. They just did the best they could. They're like, yeah, here's a prop gun. We'll just put some <laughs> some pipe and shit on it. And now it looks like a space gun, pew, right? Pew, pew. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's always been something I hated about this. In comic books where your your only limit is how well you can draw whatever's in your imagination, you can truly have some cool alien designs. And these do not fail. So we have this just great introduction into these characters. The characters that are going to be accompanying us, characters that are new, characters that we've been following for the past two issues. God, it's great. It's it, this is this is a point to definitely jump on if you haven't liked the past two issues because you've been wanting it to feel a little more focused, a right. little more like we have a direction we're going down. Now we have it. And that direction is to put simply, we have a veteran assassin teaching a new assassin to be part of this sisterhood of assassins that spans this galaxy. And the backdrop is some crazy God-level stuff, you know, yeah. some crazy theological events. But our, our core of our story is going to be this master-student relationship, or this, this teacher-student relationship. Yeah. So very excited about that. And I think that's going to be a really good way to go. Also, look at this splash. It's it's nonsense, dude. What, dude? It's nonsensical stuff. I also love how that's the like instructor, like kind of like the drill instructor. She wears that sword on her front, like it's just like it's like bolted to her. Like I don't even know. It's like strapped in there somehow, and the, like the strap is like just foot wide <laughs> piece of leather that just holds it in front of her. Like it's crazy that this is just much. in a comic book. I know, right? Three ninety nine. I know, right? Like if this, it you know you know what pisses me off about this. <laughs> what? <laughs> it probably pisses me off. Let's hear it. <laughs> I was gonna say, if this was anywhere else, people would be like. Whoa, man! You see that you see that new Huddleston piece right. in the oh, fucking yeah. Louvre, oh, or like yeah. you know at the at the fucking Dolly, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Like, did did you see the new fucking Huddleston and Hickman art installation? Yep. You know, but because I can just flip the page and see this, we're the only people talking about it. Yep. It's it's ridiculous, and I and I and I say that for stuff like this specifically because this is transcendent. Oh yeah. When you look at shit like this, it 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 evokes emotion. It does, I don't even know what emotion I'm feeling right now. I just know that I'm looking at a lot. Yeah. And the I, the the more I look at it, the more I find to look at it. Yeah. You know, I'm I just noticed the fucking ominous head mm-hmm. in the background that you showed me earlier from yeah. when we first got to the Given place. Giving that cool scope to and permanence to the world. Absolutely. Like we we are on the steps of a building. In the shadow of this fucking thing right now. Yeah, it's, and that's a great thing to point out. In the shadow of this giant woman's head, a woman warrior's head. So what does that metaphor mean, you know? What it's does it's that mean? great. That's just good ass art. Yeah, dude, this is sick. So that's the kind of thing. I mean, I agree with you. And it's like especially pages like this, the like the form of the people fighting. Yeah. The colors that are being used. The colors, dude. A lot of the uh, the architecture in the back, it's supposed to be evocative of a more like classical piece. Yeah. Like when I saw this, like something kind of like brought to mind was uh, there's a piece, fuck, I want to say it's Socrates and Plato. 
Um, it's them. It's like Plato's school, and he's yes, the one pointing up, pointing yep, down. exactly. Yep. And they're walking on the steps, and you can see all the other students and teachers. Mm-hmm. They're talking and shit like that. That's the same energy mm-hmm. that this has. I feel when you that. See these like the actual composition of these two people in their form yeah. as they're about to fight with the people off to the side, other people walking around in the background stirring, the architecture there, the statues there. It has that like size to it. Absolutely. Where it's, this is supposed to convey something. This is supposed yes. to this is supposed to give you a sense of like again of 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 the grandiose. It's supposed to conjure this image of something classical and larger than you. Yeah. And it does it very well. So it's like a very it's a like casual oil painting in this yeah, goddamn literally yes <laughs> literally yes it's bonkers absolutely wild and then uh, the and the back of the book is just like a, a stat breakdown Sick. of these characters and their Perfect. and their body counts and their heights and, and other things like that and we know our character's name is Nia Nori Sud and she likes both shorts and pants great information i actually love that i know that about her dude right fuck it's that's the whole like joke for her introduction is she's like never killing but she likes pants but also shorts so it's not really that big a deal i guess and i'm like i love you so it's a great book though read it please love it all right i'm stay on the image side do it go with uh excellence number nine from brandon thompson and Kyrie randolph this book is moving this, this this book is fast it does not care if you have any idea what's going on because they're like listen dude there's gonna be a previously on section in the next book all right so just (laughs) so just enjoy the ride and if you're confused just wait on it and it's funny because like that's kind of how it works sometimes like i read the previously section i'm like oh damn that is exactly what happened in the last (laughs) book despite it being absolutely off the fucking wall um (laughs) so uh this one our our protagonist uh spencer he he's doing this thing where I don't know if this was a, it had to have been a theme in the in the previous in the previous volume, but he just loves biting off too much, dude. He's <laughs> like, if if you give this man an inch, he will keep driving until he is out of gas. Like, like literally, he was like, oh shit, I'm in the like literally, I'm in. Let's go steal everything. Like he's. <laughs> He, so he's he's at the uh, essentially the Hall of Knowledge at the uh, the Aegis Repository. Um, if you guys uh, don't remember, the Aegis are the people who are in charge of the magic. Um, so he's back uh, trying to find more information. He's trying to enlist a group of uh, essentially a group of dissenters to join him mm-hmm. to take down the Aegis. And he's uh, obviously having some problems because everyone's just like, "Dude, you're an idiot. Why are you <laughs> one <laughs> one." Taking down the ages is extremely difficult. Two, you're not that good. <laughs> like you're you're consistently fighting a losing battle. <laughs> At the end of all these issues, you get your ass whooped in some way. Why do why do you continue to persist? And uh, there's a point in here where he kind of has the interlog with them because uh, he obviously gets found out when he's in the fucking hall, fucking trying to down. He literally puts like a magic USB into his brain and then he goes and starts like downloading all of the shit magically i guess just from mm. like so he like casts a spell on his hands and just starts rubbing his hands up against the pages i'm just like nice. no man <laughs> fuck it yeah i mean yeah. in, i'm into it <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll do this <laughs> and he gets found out because he's a dumbass and <laughs> <laughs> He's he's a smart kid. He's he's too smart for his own good. Ah, um, he thinks he can outsmart everybody, and Classic. everyone's just like, dude, like we're all fucking wizards too, bro. We had to take the exam. <laughs> uh, so he gets found out. Uh, they start whooping his ass. 
And he, so, so I'm sorry, I, I skipped over the most important part. <laughs> While he's trying to find the dissenters, he stumbles upon this, like, you know, lost history of this group called the Agitators. Mm. And I guess this Agitators are just these, uh, this label that the ages slap on essentially uh, troubled wizards, you know, wizards who cause maybe too much of a fuss or too much trouble, more trouble than they're worth, essentially. So they get labeled as agitators because they, you know, try to try to book. So he does his history on that and essentially finds um, uh, a decent amount of the most recent agitators. And he, I guess we can assume that his next kind of uh, journey is going to be to find, you know, some more of them to help him uh, kind of take down the ages because, of course, he can't really enlist anyone who is on the good side because there is no real good side right now because everyone right. is working under the ages. So he has to find bad people, uh. essentially. And we we get the we get the big duh uh, that his father or it could be grandfather. I'm not entirely sure, but someone he is directly related to was an agitator. Mm. So it's it's the whole like it's in his blood. And the it's it's getting weird now because before this kind of whole thing started because he was bucking against the idea of what his father wanted him to be in terms of a magician, or I'm sorry, in terms of a wizard. So now we're finding out that his father and or his grandfather was a member of this agitator group. It kind of it's it's opening a lot of a lot of doors and asking a lot of questions of Spencer and how he thinks about his role and what the kind of journey he's about to embark on yeah. given all this new information. Gotcha. So once again, super fast, a lot of fun action. Uh, I just wanted to show you this fucking straight up kung fu scene. Oh, that's good. Like, this is the point where I was like, I thought we were wizards. But then I was like, you know what? This is also sick. Yeah, that's sick. But yeah, the the art in this book, I'm a big fan of the art. Uh, I I tweeted out that um, this should definitely be an animated series. Not for any real reason other than it should have a a soundtrack by RZA. Oh, yeah. I feel like RZA would absolutely demolish this. I I felt that as soon as I saw that fucking kick. In that panel, I'm like, oh, damn, dude. The, the Brandon Thompson and Kyrie Randolph are definitely a fan of the Kung Fu <laughs> films. We can make this a thing, baby. Yeah, dude, that is sick. Yeah, cool so, art. But, oh, yeah, art's super fun. Uh, like I said, I picked this up at 7. It's at 9, and there's already a whole bunch of whole bunch of shit popping off. Mm. Uh, gonna have to find the time to go back and figure out you know, exactly everything yeah. that's going on. But until then, I've been... Extremely entertained and very impressed with this. Hmm. So, excellence number nine. Are you got any more image stuff? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I'll mention the a book that is on two, I believe, uh, and I haven't. I have two in my hands. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. That Tejas Blood. Ooh, nice, nice. That Texas Blood by Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. Okay. Now, the first That Tejas Blood. <laughs> was absolutely exceptional. Oh yeah, I remember you told it me about it. It was this. so good. It was the comic spiritual successor of No Country for Old Men right. in the best way. It didn't feel like it was a rip of that. It was just that same if you like that energy, that small town Texas energy where it's like it's like, oh this is almost quaint, but that also kind of means that people can just like be methed out and do shitty things because it's so quaint that if you realize how quaint it is, then you can just do what you want. 
it's kind of scary. Like that kind of yeah. that feeling, you know. And so there's that 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 energy is captured here in the small town sheriff, and we follow. God, I want to say his name is Joe Bob. I think it's it's like that on the nose, dude. It's so good, and we basically just follow him through just a shitty day. Just he's having the shittiest day. It starts off rough. It only gets worse. You know, there's just dead folk on the ground. <laughs> his wife's trying to, it's like his birthday. His wife's trying to make him a casserole, but she doesn't have the, the casserole dish. Oh, yeah. He's just got all this stuff. He's just this old man just trying his best to just, just keep up, really, with what's going on around him. And just everything just gets worse and worse. Perfect. <laughs> And you just feel for the guy. Yeah. Because, you know, you could tell, just like with kind of like Tommy Lee uh, Jones' character in uh, No Country for Old Men, there's this real... Simplicity is the word I want to use, but I don't want it to come off as a negative. It's in the sense where it's like, I'm the sheriff. This is my town. People don't do bad things unless they want to get in trouble. Nobody wants to get in trouble. Nobody does bad things. Easy peasy. Call it a day. Let's go home see the wife. That's how this man's life has been for so long, and you could tell. And he's and he's tired of that, but at the same time, it's like there's a comfort in it. Yeah. And so when he sees things that are terrific, right. out of the norm, then it, it like really it drains him in a way that he doesn't always seem equipped for. Gotcha. And so and then that's a really important part of that movie, and that's kind of the thing that really connects us beyond the whole Texas small town thing. That's right. what really connects it here is that. This is a man trying to make sense of the world that just doesn't make sense to him anymore. And right. he is getting closer and closer to leaving this world. And it is yeah. and that's almost the point where he's like, All right, when it comes, it comes because I just it's not for me. Right. This shit does not make sense to him. Right. Damn. You know, and he's not gonna be able to make sense of it before he dies. And that's so real, yeah. All he's doing is just the best he can with what he's got while he can. Right. So it's really quite good. I found out that there in here there's a there's a bit of the back like often a lot of image books have that goes into detail about kind of the process behind it. And it had been intended to be used as made into a film. Right. It did not go through with that. Right. So then turning it into a comic book and I'm really glad they did because it's, it would have been probably a, a rip off no country for old men film. Right. But now it is an exceptional <laughs> no country for old man <laughs> comic, comic book. book. Uh, and so the distance of it in, the, in between the, the mediums helps it a lot in that regard. Right. Okay. So Perfect. it's very strong as a comic book. Don't know how it would have been as a film. The only thing that concerns me is it does mention that the book, the comic book itself is like a almost direct parallel con- uh, conversion. Adaptation. I guess adaptation. Thank you. Adaptation is what I wanted. Adaptation of their script for the movie. It's like gotcha. almost the first third or first two thirds. I remember that. you telling me this. Yeah. It's like the first third of the movie, and I'm like, okay, that's why this is so good yeah. is because this has been workshopped and nailed down to be worth a movie. Right. And now, and then they basically were like, we're gonna keep rolling and see how long we can do it. This we know how it's gonna end. It's gonna end the way the movie ends. Right. But until then, we're just gonna fill it with these other things. Right. That's concerning to me. Bold, bold um, play. Yeah, it is a bold play. Now, so on the bright side, when they get tired of it or when it gets canceled or whatever, we know it'll end probably pretty strong because yeah, it it started very, very strong. Right. You can just end it. Yeah. So it probably has a great ending. But in the <laughs> meantime, we literally have two guys who are not comic, or at least the writer is not a comic book writer right. traditionally. So he and he's going to be kind of filling time with. Whatever he thinks he should in this comic. Right. I don't know about that approach. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's good. Uh, I haven't read the second one yet. The girl at Emerald City Comic Books in St. Petersburg, Florida. Shout out. Shout out. 
I uh, was a little disappointed in the second one. She okay. had read the first one, really enjoyed it as well. And so I kind of, that's why it fell to the bottom of my list and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. But I'll let you know. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, I was going to stay in Image, but I, I've been inspired. We'll stay in the, uh, the kind of small town, but shit's going on feel. I don't, mm. have, the, I don't have the book in front of me because I don't need it. Ah, uh, uh, shit. Undone by Blood. Hey. Or Shadow of a Wanted Man. Out of Boom Studios. It's a good choice. Very similar. I'm oh, sorry. No, I'm sorry. Out of Aftershock uh, 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 Studios. My are it studios? Or is it just Aftershock? Aftershock Comics. Anyways, wow. I don't have that much to say. Uh, it was issue five, the finale. Uh, outside of it was the perfect ending to this book. Damn. Like it. It was literally everything I wanted. Like I have. I have zero complaints. Awesome. Um. Every question was answered. We wrapped up. Uh, there weren't very many loose ends. <laughs> um, there was really only two loose ends. Um, the ones that going on in the each story, the Undone by Blood story, and the Shadow of a Wanted Man story. And uh, I'm not I'm not going to talk too much about it just because it's only five issue series, and I really want people to to, to read this. Yeah. Go out and read this. Is one of those that you just kind of. <laughs> I tweeted it, and uh, Zach Thompson, one of the. Uh, uh, one of the writers, along with uh, Lonnie Nadler, I want to say the other other writer is. Uh, he actually he liked the tweet. I nice. uh, said uh, sometimes you just gotta gotta you know uh, throw back some bourbon, dim the lights, put on the Red Dead Redemption soundtrack. Yeah, just just read and just read the book, and that's essentially what I did every time. You know, I read an issue, and it's just it's it's a whole vibe, man. Uh, the the pacing is perfect. The character work is perfect. The, the jumping back and forth in time and jumping back and forth between the modern story and the old story was perfect. Um, I love that I, 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 I'm pretty sure other people had this epiphany as well, or maybe people realized this well before the end of the book that I, I finally realized that the, the titles are reverse. Undone by Blood is actually the story of the old, the, uh, the old guy. And the shadow of a wanted man is the the story of the young woman that we've been following. But I thought it was the other way around because the book she's reading says, you know, a shadow, shadow of a wanted man. man. Yeah. But when you think about how the story is in and then you think about the stories in the totality, the old man story was the undone by, by blood, blood story. And her story was very literally the shadow of a wanted man story. Dang. So that was really cool for me to get that revelation at the end of everything. And that's what I kind of mean by everything just wrapping up so well. It wrapped up so well that I now have a, a if, if not as a deeper understanding, another understanding of what the titles mean mm. for the characters or what they could have mean for each other. Um, so that was very cool. Like I said, I don't have any questions. Uh, everything's been answered. It ended so fittingly. Uh <laughs> it, it ended with no one being happy. Hell yeah! Uh, when, oh yeah, that's kind of how that's got to go, right? Perfect, perfect. It, it when when a in a story about just straight up revenge, it it ended in the only way it could have ended in a big ass explosion and everybody <laughs> pissed off. Love it. It was it was great. Um, and the best news out of all this is that we're getting a sequel. Oh, cool. We get we're getting a sequel. It's called uh undone undone by blood and. Holy shit. Undone by Blood or The Other Side of Eden. Huh. It's going to be the, the follow up. It will be launching next year. Same creative team, but but 
we're going to be following a new cast of characters. Cool. So we'll see what that actually entails. Very much looking forward to that. Like I said, Undone by Blood, number five. Fantastic ending to a fantastic series out of Aftershock. I, 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 I might even say perfect. Mm. My, my modern Western story, bare bones, in your face, gritty, to the point, no frills, badass. Check it out. All right. Righteous. Well... Uh, how many more books do you have? Um, I got two more. Okay, cool. I got three. Okay, perfect. So, I'll do this one real quick because it's weird. Uh, <laughs> the free comic day book. Hell yeah. Bloodshot. Hell yeah. I know, right? <laughs> Valiant 2020's Year of Heroes. Valiant. And here's where this makes no sense. It says featuring Exo Man of War. But. But I'm going to. Give me one second while I. One, two, three, four. Four pages. There are four pages, four pages, two front and back, of Bloodshot in this book. The rest of it is Exo Man of War. Hell yeah. And holy shit, it is good. This is an amazingly solid <laughs> Exo Man of War story that follows, oh god, I think his name is Arik. Um, that's this, the young prince back when he was a boy in whatever oh this looks pretty sick yeah right (laughs) great art um beginning was a boy in his kingdom um in romania or something like that sure yeah whatever it is perfect anyway so he's doing he's kind of having this whole like coming of age thing where now he's like he has his horse but he has to ride around in man's armor like a full grown with a sword and a full proper helmet and proper chest piece because like he has to get used to carrying the weight of being a man so it's very metaphorical there right okay so he gets his armor there Meanwhile, we have him, modern Arik, out there in space dealing with some, some stuff there. And so the parallel is going back and forth between him having this coming-of-age moment and him dealing with the this abnormality in space, this anomaly, this dangerous anomaly, mm-hmm. is really cool. While we see him kind of growing and becoming this person, then we see him dealing with how he would be, what he would be like in the future. He is referencing as a child these stories of gods that, like, they go up, they exist in the sky and they kind of give up a lot to become there and become and be these protectors have this incredible armor and these incredible powers. And so while he's doing that, of course we see him in the future as this full grown man with this incredible living armor, with these incredible powers and his like lightning sword and all that cool shit. And it just, it goes in, it does it really, really well bouncing between the past and the future. And it ends on this like cliffhanger of sorts, really. <laughs> the we free see, comic book day thing. Yes, and and we don't know like if he's all right, but we see this really cool thing where we sw- switch places at the end. We see the young Eric on his son's or on his dad's lap, kind of looking up at the stars. It's kind of wild about the future. And then there's the full grown him next to him. Yeah, we see the full proper him, and then we see him marooned out in space on a on a makeshift throne like those gods he is talking about as a kid but he is the he is in his kid self up stuck in space maybe dying and it's just a great story it's just a really well done story (laughs) and it doesn't make any sense why vin diesel's on the front of this and it says bloodshot (laughs) but it's literally for (laughs) not even that great pages of bloodshot not even that great. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> so that's done. That's all I really want to talk about is okay. how f- frustratingly excited I am for this more for more Exo Man of War. Because, God, it was really good. Hell yeah, dude. 
disappointing. In November, it's coming back. This is it. Finally. This, this is our moment. Valiant's taking over. Taking DC over. cuts half its titles. Marvel is, still has no clue what they're doing. This is the moment. So got a strike. <laughs> Speaking of striking, <laughs> Stealth continues to strike while the iron's hot. Stealth nice. number four, Mike Costa, Nate Bellagarde. Um, and I, I got to give another shout out to the colorist, Tamra Bond villain. This this is another one where I feel like so I'm I was consider myself still a relatively new comic book reader. Mm-hmm. This along with Olympia, which I've talked about a lot on the show, I feel like those two things help me set a new standard of how I should feel when I'm hopping onto a series. Mm-hmm. I'm four issues into this and I care about everything. Everything, gotcha. everybody, like every little thing that's going on, the new stuff, the stuff that they're paying off, the stuff that they're tying in, it's it's all working for me. And the thing I like most about it is not a singular thing is forced. Like there, there have been so many instances where they could have, you know, gone a little too overboard or tried to, you know, make something a little more exciting, uh, uh, more more funny or something like that. Right. But them just straight up telling the story it works like i don't know how else to say it um it's it's like the perfect like ground level superhero tale mm. the the villain is that perfect mixture of scary and funny like i like this i like him talking because he's entertaining but i also know that he will kill he right he, yeah he kills people but he doesn't care <laughs> he just well he just wants to make sure that you do um and then the thing I like most about it is that it doesn't shy away from those class superhero tropes. I've mentioned this before. It does it does the opposite. It plays them up to the point where they feel more creative and they feel more lively. Uh, mm. This is, well, yeah, we're, we're four into this, and it could have easily gotten annoying of how of the how, how they keep playing on superhero tropes but the the way they use it i'm trying to find a good example cuz there was one that i had in my mind that i that i just forgot okay so we we discover that during stealth's time like in the limelight really really getting into stuff they uh every time he was in the news the same person was writing the article any any news report all the time was written by the same dude every single time and we make this connection to figure out or we're trying to figure out how he got the suit. Could this guy play a role in him having the suit? Does this guy know more about stealth than maybe his son and everyone else doesn't know about him? And it's cool because it makes me think about what are the other classic uh, people that usually gets those kind of placements, you know? Peter Parker always gets his picture of Spider-Man. Right. Lois Lane always has the articles of Superman. And we, those are inherently good people. Those are inherently uh, smart people, people that we connect to the heroes. But we're doing the same thing here, but now for nefarious purposes. We have someone that has this well-documented history of stealth, always on the scene, always knows what's going on, but we don't know shit about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So I thought that was super cool that we take that, that reporter idea and then we make him potentially a villain. So I just I just love the way that they like I said don't shy away from the tropes they play them up and not afraid to just tell the story 
And it's working, man. Stealth number four. Mike Costa, Nate Bellagarde, doing the damn thing. Nice. Yeah, good to hear. That's been so consistent. Hella consistent, dude. This is this is just also the straight up made him look like Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, my God. Look at our man. Oh, my God. He really is. Come on, man. Tell me that's not a scene from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, it's so good. Oh my god, dude, the, the, and then the, the jacket the, and everything. Then flip the page, it's hilarious. Holy hell. He's having a fucking coma dream, and he thinks he's talking to his boy, and he's actually his getting, safe house. Yeah. <laughs> he's getting jacked. <laughs> it's so fun. It's Golly. just a great time. <laughs> Good stuff. But yeah, stealth number four, image comics, skybound. Grab it. Read it. You won't be disappointed at all. Not once. <laughs> Dang. Well, shifting into an interesting, different spot. <laughs> we have Bleed Them Dry, a ninja vampire tale created by Hiroshi Koizumi, but written by Elliot Rahal and art with by uh, Dyke Ruin. Vern? Ruan? Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the reason I mentioned it like that is because I I never thought about it, but this is probably an adaptation from something. Oh. It must be, right? I mean, to have a created by title oh, yeah, like that, but not being phone. a writer, you know? Gotcha. So I hadn't really thought a lot, that, a lot about that. Anyway, but what I've... It's a story set in 3000... Something. Whatever, right. AD, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, common era, you know? <laughs> A thousand years from now, (laughs) give or take. (laughs) And in this time period, you're in the city called Asylum, and it's this future tech place. Everything's pretty great, except for the fact that it's not that great because, you know, Cyberpunk 2077, stuff like that. So, the crux of the biscuit is there are these, the ancients that are immortals. They're vampires, essentially. They can't go in the sun. They're super powerful, fast reflexes, incredible strength, healing factor, stuff like that. And there is this hierarchy that's existed because of that. We come to discover in the second issue that a lot of those vampires aren't really great guys. They're kind of jerks. They're, you know, (laughs) essentially using the city of Asylum which they forced humanity to build, but nobody remembers because Perfect. the vampires are in control of everything. Oh, my God. Yes, they right. forced them to build what is essentially their own cattle pen. And these people are just, they exist to serve the vampires, to make stuff for them, to be their, their livestock, to this do all watch Castlevania? Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So <laughs> that is that plan that our girl has in that, Kamala, to, brought to fruition, really. Okay, so true. we are following a cop and this mysterious other character who we discover is a vampire as well. Right. He saves her life when we see that her and her partner, uh, he, he becomes embroiled in some police shenanigans with, some evidence tampering and, uh, yes. and meant like secretive interrogation of suspects right. and a murder and stuff. So now the day of the office. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. But she wasn't supposed to be there at that day. She was right. supposed to have that off. So now she is on the wrong side of the law on the run with this 
handsome stranger who is also a katana wielding vampire man right. and the reason he is a ninja vampire tale is because back in the Dize, the only forms of resistance really to this vampire threat which by the way apparently these vampires are extra dimensional be- beings they they are they are aliens or they are from another dimension entirely wow. they are not just vampires that one day decided to rise up against humanity rise up gamers um and do that whole thing no no these are they are from another time and space. I think I missed that on my read. That was discovered in the second one. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you're good. Okay. But uh, <laughs> the only reason I think that that's worth mentioning is just because the reason it's an ancient vampire tale is because in the past, all these world governments fail to stop them. The vampires take over. But the only things that are left to resist are different forms of essentially gangs and underworld criminal syndicates, mm. stuff like that, even terrorist cells. Mm. And one of those terror, one of the underground criminal syndicates is the Yakuza. Oh, yeah. And this guy ends up getting embroiled with the Yakuza. They teach him how to use a katana. They do the whole like Japanese underground thing. And then right before they're going to try to take him on, some horrible thing happens while he's sleeping in his coffin or some shit or whatever and he gets trapped in rubble for a thousand years so he is from the time that we are in now where the vampires show up and take everything over that's why he knows Ah! what happened wow so he intends to take the fight to them and shut these vampires down for good meanwhile the main chick we're following (laughs) this police officer She's just trying to make sense of all this shit because she's just a normal person who's now been thrown into this craziness. So it's been pretty good. It's been fun in that regard. It's a lot. <laughs> yes, and we're built. We've been building up what will certainly be the rivalry between her ex partner, who is this like ferocious but charismatic character, and our new mysterious, dark, melancholic Robert Pattinson esque uh, ninja vampire. Right. And I can't wait to see the two of them go toe-to-toe in the future. Because he, initially, he shows up, saves her by, like, cutting that man in half. If you remember from the first oh, issue, yes, right? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> and so that's going to that's gonna have some repercussions. That first issue was something, dude. It was something. So I really have been liking Bleed Them Dry. Okay. Uh, the Ninja Vampire Tale. I mean, probably because <laughs> the ninja vampire. everything about that appeals to me and, and my nerdiness. So it's pretty on the nose. It's very on the nose. It's almost a little too on the nose for me. But that's you just engage in the in the cheese of right. it. So big fan. Oh yeah. All right. Last one I got. Last but not least for me. New one out of Boom Studios. New creative property from our boy Tom Taylor. Yo. And Danielle, Daniel, Daniela. Ooh, Dan Danielle, right? Strange one, Danielle Dinaculo. And this one has been getting mixed reviews across the board. I totally get why. Some people are saying this is about to be the next new biggest thing ever. Other people are saying, "What are you guys talking about? Nothing happened." I'm here to tell you it's both. Nice. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that almost nothing happens <laughs> in this book, but I liked everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it is totally because I know Tom Taylor. I know that he's going to pay it off. And more importantly is, this is, this is all set up. And some people will say, like, you know, the setup is kind of kind of lackluster given the, okay, the stakes are already, like, 
world level through the roof there's these seven secrets that have been protected you know since the dawn of man and you know these secrets are all you know these different things it could be words it could be whispers it could be what do they say it could be worse it could be weapons blah 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 ah w's alliteration exactly so we got all these things going on and each of the secrets has these symbols so this is this is so this is the second page they had me hooked at the symbols. It literally could have been anything else after they showed me what the seven symbols were. Now, you look at those, and you tell me you're not fucking ready for this. Oh, man. It's like a Led Zeppelin album cover. <laughs> I love it. Um, And, like, I probably stayed on that page for a minute just to try to, you know, let my mind go off to see if I could, like, you know... What could that mean Yeah, you? project yeah. anything from any of them. Um. The, the first issue gives you nothing. Gives you absolutely nothing to project anywhere. Um, the Mainly what we do get, the whole issue is essentially this is an inner narrator from our protagonist, which we come to find is the child of the two individuals featured in the book. These two individuals are protectors of one of the secrets. Um, it's, it's big taboo that they even have a relationship at all, let alone a child. Um, so that right, so that becomes a huge point of contention in the book. I'm not going to tell you guys about the fallout from that. That one's pretty fun, but you can kind of use your imagination. Uh, essentially, each of the secrets is guarded by two people, a keeper and a holder. Um, I'm pretty sure that is uh, almost a little self-explanatory. Keeper kind of keeps the secrets safe, and then the holder quite literally holds on. To the secrets hmm. and i feel like they're gonna uh just kind of play on that relationship uh for example our two uh our two stars of this uh this book the keeper is this kind of just big brute uh, unit of a man like just badass motherfucker mm-hmm. so he's he's keeping the book safe in that way and then our holder is the is the young lady who's on the bike, on the bike doing the whole mission impossible 2 thing which i loved everything about and it just is very clear that they're going to play on, you know, two different people uh, having almost a dichotomy uh, towards them because, you know, these are the these were the two people that we had to bring together in order to protect the balance of the secret of, you know, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. We needed someone of this caliber and someone of this caliber to work together in this way to do whatever. And it's very clear that. While the secrets are, I'm more than sure, are going to be fun and creative and, and clever, yeah. it's not about the secrets at all. It's going to be about the keeper and the holder. Sure. We're about to be introduced to another 12 characters at some point in this book. And that's going to be a selling point. That's where the fun's going to be. So I get I get people lamenting the fact that nothing truly like happens happens in this book. We don't get much detail on the secrets. The world isn't uh, drawn out that much. Mm-hmm. But f- for me alone, Tom Taylor telling me there's going to be twelve other characters in this book that he's writing is is almost enough for me. Sure, you know yeah. what I mean. Absolutely, I know and what you mean. he's essentially giving himself the sandbox by saying, you know, it's already like world threat level. These secrets are, you know, however old, and yeah. you know, we have all these governing bodies that are already protecting them. He's giving himself a chance and giving himself the rope to essentially do whatever he wants with it. And I get why that was a little bit boring for some people or a little bit off for some people, um, but at the same time. I'm not, I don't care. I'm waiting for the second issue. Sure. Uh, I've actually uh, saw on a couple, 
other creator channels who have like early access to stuff. Some people have actually already read number two for uh, Seven Secrets. And it's almost consensus that's saying that the first one should have been like some kind of deluxe issue or something. Because the second one is is what everyone was kind of waiting for. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Like it just some kind of way they kind of they probably should have worked in some stuff from the second one into the first one yeah. but if you read the first one and the second one everything will really feel a lot more genuine and a lot more real at that point gotcha yeah so hmm. definitely looking forward to that and then like i said i was always going to be on it because it's tom taylor and no, so good boom studios it's called seven secrets yeah, it's, it's a good title. It's it's too easy, you know. It's one of those, <laughs> it's one of those take my money kind of things. Yeah, and like I said, until until I know I'm disappointed or I'm not interested in this book, I'm going to be interested in it because of the stuff that's already in play or like being played to be in play at some point. Well, dang. So that was Seven Secrets. Tom Taylor, Daniel Dinaculo, Boom Studios, number one. There you go. And jumping over to Oni Press, <gasps> Cullen Bunn, Andy McDonald, and Nick Filardi's Rogue Planet. Now, this is, is chapter three, issue three of Rogue Planet, and the shit has fully and entirely hit the fan. It is very rapidly degraded. So it, we're following a team of salvage experts in outer space. They make their way to this planet. Clearly, they shouldn't be there. Right. By the fact that there is so much potential salvage. So it's kind of one of those things you don't think about, you know, if you're a salvage person, right? Like the more of your potential resource that you can discover, the more you probably shouldn't be where the resource is. Yeah, that because is. Because it's there's a reason there's a bunch of, of crapped out vehicles there. It's because it's a death trap. And guess what? It's a fucking death trap. Perfect. This planet is full of... Don't tell me the planet's rogue. shit. Oh, it, <laughs> we don't know what the fuck is happening in this planet, dude. There is blue Whoa, men. Oh, that's a lot. killing folks. There are dead people from your past showing up. There's this giant pillar of flesh and eyes. There oh, is all dude, kinds of this is crazy body horror stuff in this book. And it's all really good. So we follow this crew of salvage experts that's very alien, you know. They're all kind of rough around the edges. They have their own particular personality quirks and issues like that. It's a very diverse cast of uh, Dude, people. what the fuck is going on? Yeah, this it's a wild book. Dude, is this a fucking skeleton scorpion? Yes. What the fuck is this? I, that's a great question. We're still not confident. I think it was the insides of a guy that <sighs> popped on out of that guy. Jesus Christ, it does have a skull. Oh, yep. it's right, gross right, dude it's one. pretty gnarly yeah <laughs> this is so, wild again i would say that the alien comparison is pretty apt as far <laughs> as the body horror elements goes the, the the central premise of crew in space finds thing they did not want to find is stuck dealing with thing is what's going on here yeah the art has been really great in the sense that it is completely repulsive <laughs> when it needs to be <laughs> <laughs> and the writing is is pretty much exactly what you want from this kind of thing. We set up our moments pretty well. They do not fucking care. They will kill you and the people in this book. And every chapter so far, we've had a, a major character death. We started <laughs> off with this crew, and people just be dying, man. They are, they are working them out. So I love that they are they are not holding back with the murder. The, I don't know how long this series is supposed to go. 
But they, if they keep this pace up, they're going to run on out of our crew. And have to send another crew in to get that crew out. And then we'll kill them too. But at the center of this, there's the probably the most interesting thing is this crew is sent on this planet. Planet is not a place you should be. There's some really weird stuff happening with just pillars of flesh with eyes on them that are, I don't know how else to describe it. Right, it's terrifying no, like, as it sounds. That's, that's what they were, yeah. <laughs> and there's this alien species that lives on this planet and they kind of refer to these things as God and they make these sacrifices to them and they like they exist they they kind of coexist with them but it doesn't seem like a very healthy relationship in that sense but we're not exactly sure what the parameters of that relationship are and previous crew that have either crashed here or landed intentionally what their fate has been and why there are dead people showing up from people's past that were not on the planet or on the ship and they're like showing up in the sense that like the other crew members saw them. I thought it was like a hallucination, but that straight right. up there was a dude there that was not on the crew that was not supposed to be there that was fucking there physically. So what is that about? So there's a little bit of an interesting mystery running through this rogue planet. And it's good. I've been enjoying it. I don't yeah. know. I I didn't pick it up initially and then I've been picking up pretty much I've picked up one every week for the past few weeks to yeah. try to catch up and I'm on it now. Like I'm super into it. Hell so yeah. I will be following it through to uh, the inevitable ending when we discover why there are pillars of flesh with eyes on them. Because I, that's definitely a question I would like to have answered. I love those random indie finds, man. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And it's from Oni, yeah. like, of, yeah. of all sources. Super random, yeah. Sometimes so. you just got to pick up a book, guys. Yeah, it's true. You'll stumble upon something that you literally would never have expected to be there, and boom, there it is. Rogue planets, fleshy, fleshy hills with eyes. Dude, yeah, it's pretty fucked. <laughs> Gross. Love it. All right, you out of books over there? I am done, though. All right, perfect. I am also out, which will, of course, lead us into the stuff that's coming out this week. Batman 97. Hey. Of course. Uh, another addition to the Joker War, Joker War Part 3. Wonder Woman Annual, number four. Hey. This is a little confusing because obviously Mariko Tamaki's run has started, but the annual is being written by Steve Orlando, and the annual will be paying off Steve Orlando stuff, which is not connected to Mariko Tamaki, even though they're, like I said, they're both retreading the same water, but whatever. Uh, Nightwing 73, son of the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Joker knows Dick Grayson's Nightwing and the plans. You know what? I'm not reading. I'm I'm gonna read it. I'm not reading the synopsis. <laughs> say, I'm yeah. not. I'm not doing this to myself. Uh, Aquaman 62. Uh, I guess start reading this because Aquaman is potentially ending. Uh, the wedding's coming up soon. Nice. Everyone loves a wedding. Dude, apparently that's been like something that people have been waiting for in Aquaman since like Rebirth. Really? Yeah. Everyone's like, finally, like the mirror, <laughs> the mirror on their wedding. The payoff we've been waiting for. Uh, speaking of finally, Thor, number six. Thor. The Devourer King. Uh, the death of King Thor. The Black Winter is reaching his full power, and, and you know, Thor can't withstand it. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, but this, this, is a, this is a big issue in the Thor series just because we are getting that, that, full appearance of black winter i'm pretty sure is going on in this one 
and you know Thor's number four and five. I'm pretty sure you still can't buy those because they keep selling out. I think the second and mm. the third printing of four and the second printing of five already sold out already. So Black Winter, Harley Quinn seventy five, the end of the Sam Humphreys run on Harley Quinn is going to be one of those big fun spectacular issues with a whole bunch of creative teams on it. Uh, or is it just, oh, I actually think it just might be Shump with different artists. That's pretty neat. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, so it's going to be Shump, uh, Riley Rosmo, Nicola Scott, uh, who else we got? Sammy Bazzari, Joe Kionez. Yeah, some, some, some really good talent on here. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, pick up one of those 36 Harley Quinn variants and or 23 Punchline variants. Yeah, I mean, there's too many variants. The one that is far too many. Like, you know, that's the shit. And I know we did. We already we did our whole you know episode already. But I don't understand how. And I know this is this isn't how the math works, but this is how it works in my mind. <laughs> I don't know how we cancel six books at a time. And then we print 30, 36, 36 variants, variants yeah. for Harley Quinn 75. Make that make sense to me. Uh, like, if, if I thought we were cutting costs. No. That's not we're cutting shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not we cut a damn thing. We Yeah, we cut other costs. You see, just like there's this, you know, there's discriminant spending and there's the indiscriminate <laughs> spending, right? Like in you know, the United States government. We have this much budget for Harley. If we don't spend it, that's just gone. Dude, it's there. It was set for that's Harley. That's what this feels like. We can't get rid of it. You can't lower it. You know, she's gonna get thirty six variants. <laughs> what are we gonna use that for, huh? Something else that people want? Fuck them. They're already getting their own hall in the in the DC dump fandom. <laughs> They're fine. Dude. They got the fan event thing. They you know they can pretend whatever they want there. <laughs> I think you're on something. <laughs> Wolverine number four. Uh, wow, that's on four already. That's that's pretty wild, actually. Uh, Teen Titans forty four. Like I said, it's another one of those DC books that are ending. So you know, if you've been reading Teen Titans, make sure you're picking up these last couple issues because uh, whatever story has been going on in there is is wrapping up. I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on in Teen Titans anymore. Uh, Excalibur number eleven. Uh, one of those. Um, I think this is this is a big Exosaurus tie-in. Uh, all the other ones have been kind of like the uh, outskirt tie-in ones, but apparently Excalibur Eleven will be a. Oh, I'm sorry, is that twelve? Excalibur and X Men will be the main main Exosaurus books, and then everything else will probably be spilling out of those two, from what I understand. Gideon Falls Twenty Four. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Love it. Captain America 22, Catwoman 24, one more before Ram B takes over that title. Captain Marvel 20, this is another Empire tie-in. Remember Captain Marvel is a big player in the Empire event. Ooh, she's got to have some kind of hammer that she's using, some kind of weird hammer with the a Kree and the scroll. Yeah, it's what yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Low, number 24. I know nothing about this book, but it's an image book that's on 24, so I can only assume it's amazing. Yeah, probably. And it's Rick Remender, right? Uh, let me check. Yep, Rick Remender. Yeah. And uh, art by Greg uh, Tushini. Someone's got to check that out. 
Yeah, honestly, I sh- I I'll probably I'll figure it out. Um. I'm no stranger to jumping in whatever the fuck I want. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll probably figure something out from here. Yeah, he's a good, good writer. Cable number three. Once in future number ten. God damn it, Jake. There figure, it is. Figure it out. Pick up, <laughs> pick up your books. <laughs> oh, bro, there's probably so many. <laughs> oh yeah, we should probably, we should probably, probably should, figure something yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Empire X Men number four. Another, another Empire. This isn't. The Empire event. This is the this is the fourth Empire X Men tie-in. If you're keeping track at home, I know it's extremely difficult. Uh, <laughs> don't forget to pick up the guidebook. <laughs> nice. Uh, speaking of guidebooks, Dark Knight Death Metal guidebook number Hell one. Yeah. This you don't need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you should get. <laughs> yes, but if you would, but if you're having fun, I don't see why you would stop having the fun now. Uh, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number 10. Wow, that's on 10. That's kind of impressive. Decorum, number 4. Ew. Perfect timing. Uh, perfect timing. Here we come again. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, number oh, nice. 4. We get the finale. Daniel Warren Johnson will finally wrap up whatever the <laughs> fuck has been going on in this book. This has been... This, is, this might be outside of death metal, obviously. This is the wildest ride that I've had this year i've seen some shit that i i've said it online and people are just like oh like i'm sure that's happened at some other point and i'm just like no it hasn't <laughs> not like not like this no it hasn't uh but yeah if you guys are looking for just some absolute horse shit but in the best way possible we'll catch up with wonder woman dead earth the like i said the fourth one will be out so if you've been waiting on all of them go get them all i don't know when this will come out in trade if it will come out in trade that I'm not putting my money on that. I wouldn't either. Yeah, so just go grab them. They're already in the fucking big, nice, prestige format. Fucking staple the books together yourself. Perfect. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number four. No oh god. Uh, Firefly nineteen. I feel like I always miss this. Uh, boom! It's out of Boom Studios, and it's on mm. nineteen. I don't. Uh, I don't know anything about Spider Woman. Number three, let's go. She's fighting the goddamn Triceratops on the cover, so I can only assume we're back to the madness that occurred in Spider Woman <laughs> number one. So I'm here for it. Die, die, die. Number twelve. This is another one that Kirkman, I wanted right? to get into. Yeah, just because it's been going on. Kirkman's on it. Art by uh, Nathan Fair, Fairbairn, Fairburn. Unfamiliar. Mm. Uh, but I definitely want to look into that one as well. Maestro number one. I don't know who the hell Maestro is. Everyone's making a huge deal about it. Seriously? Yeah, dude. There's a whole bunch of variants covered for it. Uh, almost 30 years after the landmark story, Future Imperfect, legendary Incredible Hulk scribe, Peter David returns to the far future version of the Hulk known as Maestro hmm. or Maestro. I think it's Maestro. But yeah, so apparently this is like one of those weird like Hulk niche characters that everyone loves, but no one actually cares about. So they're going to give him a book finally detailing his history that people are going to buy the first issue of and then never, you know, actually follow up on the story. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Lords of Empire, Swordsman, number one, one of those Empire one shot tie ins. They've been having a lot of fucking fun with those. I've never seen so many (laughs) one shot tie ins in my life, dude. (laughs) <laughs> the fucking Hulkling tie-in. Yeah. Um, Star, number four. Uh, Star is that new Captain Marvel 
sidekick character thing that they came out with. Not Why wouldn't ago. it be? Right? Um, not to be confused with the, the other new Captain Marvel adjacent character. Uh, Ant-Man, number five. Ant-Man. <laughs> apparently, this has been badass. Oh, of course. <laughs> apparently, this is just, they just wrote Paul Rudd. Of course, <laughs> <dude>. Ant-Man, <laughs> and it slaps. Of course. Of course. Uh, Transformers, number 22. Didn't know that was a thing. Metal Men number nine. Oh my God! Will we get our answers? Will we get our answers? The elements of surprise back at the pit of the nth Metal Man. Oh my <laughs> God! Oh shit! Get me out of here! Something strange is happening. Is this a portal into the dark multiverse? No, it's not. Or something that. worse? You did not say that. Doesn't say that. That's literally what, That's it, says. what it says. That's quite literally what it no, says. No, bro. No. We're bro. in your fucking face, Didio. Oh my god. <laughs> We're in your face. This is ridiculous. I never expected We're to be right this here. right. <laughs> Remember where you heard it. Dude, yeah. And we know you didn't hear anyone else. No. So if you, we hear you say it. We'll <laughs> Absolutely know. Absolutely not. Yeah, you liars. <laughs> Red Sonia, number 18. Uh, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown, number four. This is like the third Conan thing that came out in the last year or so. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Urban Legends 26. Ludacrats number four. I know a lot of people have been liking that, even though I had no interest in the yeah. first volume. Hotel, uh, I believe, is wrapping up. Yeah, it was only four issue series of um as a it, it takes place in a hotel, and each room in the hotel is essentially a different horror comic. Or okay. a horror story. So Fam. yeah, so all the issues have been four different, you know, apparently. Very, very good horror stories. People have been really enjoying Hotel. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, I think there's going to be a second volume with potentially more, you know, more stories, more than four. A Man Among Ye, number two. Ah, Pirates. Yep, yep, the Pirate, Lady Pirate one. Been looking forward to that one. Glad that one's coming out relatively soon this week. Rick and Morty go to hell, number three. Gotta cover the bases. No one, no one's rose number four. Oh, Vault. nice! Shout out Emily Horn. Shout out Zach Thompson. Shout out Alberto Albuquerque. Been loving that book. Shadow Service number one. New one out of Vault Comics. Let's see what this is about. Word your partner is cheating. Need a missing person found? Gina Myers is the private investigator for you. Sure, she's a witch. Who? Wait a minute. Sure, she's. <laughs> Sure, she's a witch who worries that her powers make her more of a monster than the crook she's trying to catch. But it's not like London's criminal underworld literally going to hell. Or is it? Nice. Spycraft meets black magic in the shadowy world of MI666. Oh my god. You know they what? didn't have to do it that. It was all bullshit till I got to that. Because I was like, what's this fucking black magic ripoff? And now I'm like, well, shit, it's in London, so I might pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Want to say that was it? Yep, yep, that's it for anything, anything truly crazy, truly notable. Got some, some lingerers, some wanderers here and there, but nothing, nothing too crazy. We hit all the big stuff mostly. But yeah, that's uh, all I got for the books, all I got for the news. Anything you want to mention? No. <laughs> Not that I can think of. Perfect, perfect. Oh, so before we sign off, 
DC fandom, how much of our reactions should we stream for the Twitch? Should That's we a great we, question. Should we set up something like that? That might be worth doing, yeah. Yeah, just for some, for some of the panels that we like, get some instant reactions. That could be engaged. a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be cool. Uh, so, so we'll let you guys know. We'll set something up about that. We'll, uh, we're not going to do it the whole day. That's no, not, God, that's no. That's not going to be a thing now that I've seen the entire schedule because I'm not even going to actually watch the whole day. No. Um, so we'll, we'll let you guys know which times we'll, we'll go in. It'll probably be around the DC Surprise panel, probably sure. around that 5 o'clock time, just so we can react with everyone when the shit goes down. And then maybe later on that night for the, for the Batman shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, we'll let you guys know about that stuff. DC Fandom going down August 22nd. Woo! Marvel Fandom probably four months after that. Yeah. But until then, remember to keep, keep on comic booking, nerds. <laughs>